I think that it's important to try and give credence to the idea that some people really believe that this is what's going on. <laughs> sex strike equals abstinence, which equals no baby, which equals no abortion. So it's literally a win for the pro-life. <laughs> By our own government, it's reported that 20,000 Cuban troops and agents are in Venezuela supporting Maduro. Welcome to the south of the streets, coming at you every week with this food for thought. Hope you're ready to eat. With everything going on in this nation, we need some information. And that's why salt need to be stationed in your rotation. With real talk and real topics, real people, real problems. Think we need some help to solve them and leave it up to Colin and the Donovan. Cause that's the what, what's that? Up, oh, let's get ready. And just like a red, white, and blue phoenix rising from the ashes of political bipartisanship, we are back. To Salt of the Streets podcast. This is Saturday, May 11th, 1.23 p.m., episode 57. And welcome back, everybody, to the Salt of the Streets podcast, your one and only source for social and political commentary on weekly news, pop culture, and sports, all completely built from the ground up for people like you and me, the everyday everyday normal people that we indeed are. So come and join us as we discuss life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness and continue our endless efforts to bridge the gap between people and information. As always, we are your hosts. I am Colin. I am Donovan. And coming up on this week's show, we're talking Bill Barr, the Attorney General. We're talking the Mueller report and all the fallout that has happened over the last two weeks from that. Uh, we've got updates on the Venezuela situation, and of course, tensions are ratcheting up with Iran. So we're going to talk about that, and then once we get into we're going to have a special pop culture today, and this is your one and only spoiler alert. We're going to be talking Game of Thrones, people. And Endgame. End boom. And bitch. Marvel's Endgame. <clears throat> so be sure to hang out towards the end of the podcast for pop culture to get all your Game of Thrones and Marvel Endgame Avengers Endgame, I should say. Uh, so, yeah, all that and more coming up on today's Salt of the Streets podcast. Salt of the Streets. Boom. I like that little plug. Boom. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Mm. Uh, you'll be receiving this on Monday. Yeah. Happy Mother's Day as of yesterday, but, you know, we just did the pre-show, so happy Mother's Day. What are you going to do tomorrow? You're going to go be with your mom tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Since Carolina's mom, where's Carolina's mom right now? I know she's doing a bunch of traveling. She's in New York right now. Oh, okay. She's back home. Okay. As far as I know. She does do a lot of traveling. She, yeah, she was talking when we saw them at Costco that day. She was talking about all these different places she was going to go. And so well, I wasn't yeah. sure exactly. She's planning on trying to do some some Europe. Yeah, Europe yeah, that's what it here was. Pretty soon. Um, but home first. Yeah, and they just got back from Ecuador, I don't know, a month ago or so. Been down there for a couple weeks. and Is she retired? Oh, yeah. That's okay. Yeah, her dad. It's weird. In New York, it's weird. You can, like, technically retire, but then still work. You just can't draw Social Security. It's, it's some weird thing. So my father-in-law is like strangely kind of retired, but he's still working. And so he's just like adding to his Social Security so that when he chooses to actually retire and not work anymore, then he can get draw a bigger Social Security. Weird. He's kind of screwed because he moved up here so late in life that he doesn't have you know, a whole shit. lot of money put into Social Security. Yeah. So... He's trying to just make sure he can get as much out of it. At least he's lucky enough that it will be there, you know? Yeah, for Because yeah. for you and I. Probably well, not. 
We're fucked. Paying, <laughs> paying into a, to a system I never get the money from. Every right. check I... Well, I, I guess I don't... We recently switched to direct deposit like you know, most of the modern people. And uh, But I get my little pay stub and I look at how much money I pay out in Social Security every month. I'm like, yeah. well, there's money well fucking spent. I guess so. <laughs> uh, who knows? I looked, um, I think, just this week at how much I've paid in like income tax, you know? And I was like, it's fucking May, man. <laughs> like, it is fucking May. Like, you've got to be kidding me. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, I don't. And I was talking to Jordan the other day, oh. not to bitch about, you know, because I've, I'm, we're fine. You know, we're not in, in poverty. We're fine. But I was talking to Jordan the other day and I was like, are we, are we not middle class? Like, if nothing else, are we not middle class? Lower middle class? I'll take lower middle class, right? I'm like, well, like, what is wrong with me? You know, because <laughs> because we looked to see, right, if we were eligible for any type of benefits, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, nope, uh-huh. you make you make too much money. And I'm like, you're telling me that the amount of money that I make for three people for another grown person and a baby is that's too much money is what you're saying, because. This doesn't feel like very much money. I'm like, so oh, yeah. I don't like, what do you mean? And then when I paid my taxes last year, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I don't, what do you mean? I don't, I don't understand this. Why, <laughs> why uh, is this this way? Like, I don't, because oh. I don't make that much money. So I know how, I don't know. I don't want to talk about that though, because that sounds shitty, but it's just a strange deal, you know? Like, I don't. Does it kind of make you feel slightly, uh, just a hint? Of that taxation is theft thing, but the a middle class bit. is doing great. You but know, the middle, the middle class, class is doing great. great. I would like Always. that Always. seems backwards, but that's that's fine. Um, <laughs> because what is middle class these days? I don't. Yeah. I wonder if the dollar value of middle class has actually upgraded over the years. If everybody that still makes thirty thousand to fifty thousand dollars is still middle class, like they were back in the fucking eighties. And I think because it's so loosely defined that, like, if you're not Depending on how much money you make, that depends on what you think middle class is, you know? Yeah. Like, if you're making, I don't know, I don't even want to get into that, but if you're making a bunch of money, like, you're going to think that middle class is a higher amount of money than, like... Where you're like, I'm not what, rich, but, you know, I got a boat, and I got cars, I got the house, you know, all this stuff. But, like, you know, I'm not I'm not making a ton of money, you know, I'm, right. I'm middle class, it's, what is this, middle class? Just a feeling of like yeah. where I'm at. Like, <laughs> <geez>. <laughs> Who knows anymore, man? Oh, uh, I love it. So, what are you gonna do with your mom tomorrow for Mother's Day? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's a kind of a TBD. But we you're were gonna, gonna, do gonna go to with her? yeah. I mean, we're just gonna essentially just get up. She's got something going on around noonish, so we're just gonna get up, bomb over there. And then the the goal is just to kind of spend the day, probably go out to lunch somewhere in Silverdale. I want to go to the Blazing Onion for some reason. I'm just like really? fiending for that. Interesting. But I don't know how it's going to be. It's been a while. Since, I don't think I've ever sat in the restaurant of Blazing Onion. I I've always just go to the before. bar. That's a nice place. You know, bar's great. It's big. It's huge. They got lots of bourbon and whiskey. Yeah. And uh, but the food's pretty good. Seating's good. They always got good good sports on the tubes. You know, I like that. It's right next door to Trappers. Have you been to that Trappers yet? I don't like sushi yet. <sighs> That's right. I Jordan has though. That's good. At Jordan least Jordan has good taste. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What do you? What do you, you um, got going on? In the morning, we're gonna go to 
Jordan knows this guy named Brad. He's like a family friend of theirs, right? Okay. And he does this thing at his house every year that's called Shea Brad. And he invites every mom that he knows and like makes breakfast for them and it's like a whole deal. Like, oh, that's pretty every, cool. Yeah, and he's he's like growing like he's married, got two like got two kids, so he's like a grown adult, like in his late forties, man, but just like loves moms and is just like every mom I know, come here and let me like make you, you know, drinks and breakfast and just hang out and let me do all the stuff, which is really cool. So Well, I think on Mother's Day, man, that's I mean, when you really think about it, right? We wouldn't be here if we didn't have mothers. That's that's true. You know what I mean? There's yep. there's some physics behind that that, that need to play true. out. But the job that they do, and especially in somebody like your case, which there's a lot of where there is no father figure. Yeah. Mothers do double duty, man. I mean, I think they 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 do time and a half anyways. Just standard. And so they deserve everything that they get on Mother's Day. So shout out to all you moms out there. Yeah, I'm excited. Oh, and this Jordan's is, first mother. Yeah, day. so Jordan's first Mother's Day, and this is the real podcast, so I can tell you because she mm-hmm. won't know until Monday. Perfect. Um, so I got her. Um, she doesn't carry a purse anymore. You know, she just puts her wallet in the baby bag because mm-hmm. we have like a backpack for the baby. Yeah, and so I got all these wallet size pictures printed out of like me and the dog and the cats and the baby. And I laminated them and they're all wallet sized so she can put them in her wallet and carry them around with her. She's going to cry like a baby. Yep. That yep. is and then I, on you. Sir. I got a, Oh my God. Okay. So do you want to, I don't know what it is, but I'm in. I don't know what I'm This is just a story. So I, cause I don't know what to call it. So I went to the store to get a card for her, right? So I went to Target and there was a bunch of people over by like the big display. So I went to a small display with cards. Jordan likes shiny shit with, you know, fucking rhinestones and like all the whatnot. So, so this card with like a big flower with rhinestones on it. And I was like, Oh, like that one looks sick. There it so is. I snagged it. So. I looked for a price and obviously it didn't say a price there. So I was like, word, well, just like, you know, probably like eight bucks or whatever, you know? And so, <sighs> so I went to, and I'm standing at the, at the self checkout and I scanned it. 1499. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, it's like, fuck. Like, what? How do you think, Hallmark, how do you think Hallmark funds their crappy TV channel? And so I was like, <laughs> Well, I'm not gonna go back. Like I'm not. I'm not, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna cancel this and go back to find another card because I'm already standing uh, right here. Like I could spit on the door to go outside. I'm not gonna. No, nope. I'm not gonna go. It's gonna make your wife happy. So I fucking paid fifty dollars for a card, <laughs> <laughs> and I brought it home, and and it comes, you know, like wrapped in plastic, and and it has like. A sticker to close the envelope and like oh, another piece of paper that's like this envelope is fucking made out of, you know, ancient paper, some such shit and like, you know, organically grown or whatever. And, you know, wrote something nice in there and like, you uh, know, Dax and me and like all the, all the animals and shit. Oh, man. And I told her yesterday, I was like, I was like, oh, so I buy your card. And I was just telling her, I was like, do you want to know, like, how much I spend just on your card? You know, it's like, it was expensive. And she was like, well, like, and I didn't know. I don't, last time I bought a card, I don't fucking know. Because I go with her and we pick them out and then we just buy them. So I don't oh, know yeah. how much cards are, you know. I don't fucking pay a attention. Lot. So, so I don't know. 
on a scale of one to 10, how expensive $15 is like for a card, you know? And so, <laughs> so I was like, you know, how much money do you think I spent on this card? I was like, yeah, it was expensive. Like, I'll tell you that. And she was like, so it was like $5. And I was like, fuck. I was like, no, it was more than that. And she said, $7. And I said, no, way more than that. And she was like, $10. And I was like, oh my God. I said, no. So I said, $15. She said, oh my God. And I laughed so hard. And I said, I knew that it was a lot, but I didn't know how much it was until you didn't even say $15. Dude. No, I mean, real legit. You want to really feel disgusting? Go to any Hallmark section or any card section like that. There are cheaper ones, but you just pick one up with some regular standard card, flip it over and go... I was shocked. It's insane. I was shocked that they even made a card that was $15. This is is why I have an embargo against Valentine's Day. (laughs) It's all bullshit. At least Mother's Day, there's a a worthwhile reason to do that. (laughs) But I mean, I I show my my wife love every day. I don't need Valentine's Day just so I can go out and support the crappy Hallmark Network. Although I think I did give her a card on Valentine's Day this year. <laughs> um, and then in the evening, we're going to go to dinner with my mom and my grandma and her mom and her grandma and her, like, her sister. I, I, there's going to be like 15, 16 people there. It's going to be a whole deal. So Beautiful. We're going to go to the Mexican restaurant down in Keyboard, see Carlos, because mm-hmm. that's a good place. It's a great place. Yeah. Yeah, it will be nice. I need to go there more so, often. It's nice to get out there. Maybe one day I'll buy that house down. That's for sale down there. We'll you be neighbors. We can go there every day. Yeah. We just go and just put our money down the bar hole. Take our babies down there and sit mm-hmm. in a restaurant and watch TV and drink. Definitely. Beers. Yeah. Mm. Carlos and them, they love babies down there. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I don't want to be super racist. <laughs> I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I I, I can, I can it. say this. Okay? I'm not, this is not racist. We're friends. Spanish people in general are very very family yeah. oriented <laughs> no <so> absolutely <laughs> they love them some babies yeah and i mean you saw that with my mother-in-law when she was here oh yes she cried she loved that Max. made her entire trip she loved him which if you haven't seen those pictures they're over on the salt streets instagram make sure to go check it out well and he's a great baby too yeah he's super cute I, I got a picture of like Carolina. You were holding him, right? And then Carolina was like doing something like that. And the smile on his yeah. face and his eyes are all wide open. He's got a lot of personality now. Yeah. Now that he's aware, yeah. smiling all the time. Yeah. I wonder where that fucking comes from. It's weird. He also <laughs> fucking talks so much. Does he? Making noise mm. all the time, dude. Yep. There's like a solid hour after he eats that he's happy and good to go before he wants to be put to sleep, you know? And. For that whole hour. Yeah, no, he's just talking the whole time. Smiling, talking, fucking throwing things around. He takes, he'll take this fuzzy blanket that has like a, has a half of a bear sewn into the middle of it. It's Mm -hmm. a really weird thing. Um, and he takes it and just puts it on his face (laughs) and it just like, Kicks and throws his fucking arms and legs around. Oh, that's a. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I don't know what to do. I loves it, but he'll just do it fucking forever. And yeah, it's really weird. That's so adorable. So babies do weird shit. Yeah, so. you got a cute kid, bro. Thank I you. I gotta tell you. Thank you. I got a cute godson. 
It's the way I look at it. Yes. You know, he's not so much your kid as he is my godson. <laughs> <That's> definitely <laughs> more that. Yeah. No, that's that's the truth. Oh. Uh, so anyways, <clears throat> let's get into this. So let's get heavy real quick. This week actually before we continue uh and reach out to us on our social media. It's like we were talking about our Instagram at Salt of the Streets, Facebook at Salt of the Streets, Salt of the Streets.com for everything. Uh, we have our own personal social medias, social media. Socials. Socials. Uh, <laughs> I am at alpaca underscore Donovan on Instagram and Salt of the Street on Twitter. And Colin is at Big Bird Offie on both of those things. Uh, YouTube, Salt of the Streets, and then uh, our podcast you can find everywhere. Except I think for Spotify. Spotify. I think we need to look at Spotify. I think I need I think to look at Spotify. Someone said that to me. So we All should right. make a note of that. Not to call us out of the podcast, but just while it is on my mind. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so we are going to work on that. If you guys have been trying to listen to us on Spotify and have been watching us on YouTube instead, we are going to look at that. Because I feel like somebody said that to me. If I'm worrying us for no reason, then I uh-huh. apologize. But I believe that. No, I think, I think you're right. Because we initially... Spotify didn't used to do podcasts, right? Once we started. Right, we, I think it was just music. Yeah. So. And so they came out with a podcast thing. And then we looked at that originally. And there was some kind of weird... It's almost like you had to be part of the premium service or something. Mm. So it was a really weird process to get in there. But we're going to look into it right now. Because I have a love-hate relationship with Spotify. Um, I tend never to. Used it. I don't use it much anymore. I usually, I usually just use the uh, the Apple Music thing. Yeah. But since I don't, I think this is going to be my last iPhone. Fuck me too. I think I'm donezos with it. I think I'm going to buy a Google phone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cut my losses on this thing, and you know, you can still get the iTunes for PC and get yeah. your Apple ID and all that good stuff. But I don't have too much invested at this point to make it really, really hard to divorce myself from Steve Jobs's, you know technological burden. What kind of phone are you going to get, do you think? I don't know yet. I think I'm going to get a Google phone. I'm going to have to read. I'm probably going to get one of them Huawei phones. I <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone with a, with a Google phone. Biscuit, actually, mm. has a Google phone. And I was looking at it. First of all, it weighs like nothing. Yeah. And like it just weighs nothing at all. Um, and it has the swipe text, which I miss dearly. Swipe text. Yep. You can swipe across the letters. Oh, yeah. Um, I hated that. Well, so it's really good now. Um, <clears throat> and holding a baby with one hand, Definitely. one-handed texting is like a necessity and swiping is way easier for yeah. that. <laughs> yep. Um, Plus, I got these fat thumbs, man. It's hard to text on even the big phone with these fat thumbs. Yes. Yep. I have the fucking... The whatever plus, you know, uh-huh. eight plus or what the fuck. And I still, all the time, I'm screaming because uh-huh. I can't. There's some, I, I, I don't know. I don't even want to get into, that's going to make me sound crazy. So I don't even want to talk <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, no, I think I'm going to give a Google phone next. I think that's the way to go. Um, okay. This week, we are, what were we talking about? Like up first? Like No, I feel, I feel like we're... you were in the middle of something. Uh, if, if not, that's yeah. all right. Um, I don't know, but I do have a small subject we could talk about. <laughs> what you got? What's so, up? You know, uh, Alyssa Milano? Yes. Milano? Milano. Milano. Yeah, Alyssa Milano. She's kind of a uh, activisty type in the Definitely. social, in the culture war. Yes. Well, she put out something the other day, or I saw it this morning, that just pissed me off to no end. And I've kind of taken to Twitter like a dog to water. Maybe that's a good analogy, and uh, trying to use Twitter more too a lot. And I'm having a 
fun time with it. And I got in a little uh, fit with somebody this morning that I just, it was great. So uh, Alyssa Milano originally texted out, our, our productive rights are being erased. Until women have legal control over our own bodies, we just cannot risk pregnancy. Join me by having or by not having sex until we get bodily autonomy back. I'm calling for a hashtag sex strike. Pass it on. Okay. So then I was like, you know, this is a really good idea. I said, so yeah, good luck on this one. Uh, besides, this seems a little more pro-life than anything else. I mean, hashtag <laughs> sex strike equals abstinence, which equals no baby, which equals no abortion. So it's literally a win for the pro-life. <laughs> and somebody fired back. I don't know if I can find it, but they were like, well, factually, um, the oh shit, I'm gonna have to find the tweet though. It was just so <laughs> was it gold? ridiculous. I love it. So it's factually, that be, there'd be a tremendous amount of less pregnancies if guys would keep it in their pants, but you can't. So I couldn't let that stand. <laughs> obviously, I could not find that. Oh, now I have to figure out how to get to my tweets. See, if you go, is, if you go, yeah, to your, and then if you go to tweets and replies, tweets and replies, yeah, boom. Then see, I'm still can, learning about then you all see this everything. stuff. And then and I said, can, "Yep, that's actually how abstinent works." All right, uh, and I'm not such a huge fan of it myself, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> I like procreation. I like babies. <laughs> so yeah, so here's to uh, hashtag uh, no sex or whatever. Way to go, Alyssa Milano. That's funny. I like that. It was just too tempting, man. It was it's just so blatantly obvious. But I love it when people have a own goal like that in the culture war. It makes me very, very happy about life. <clears throat> Excuse so, me. Now that we're all jazzed up and happy. This week on Salt of the Streets, we are gonna go ahead and talk about uh the Mueller report, Bill Barr. Mm-hmm. And he testified. We took last week off. Uh he testified last week and front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, and then the next day was supposed to be in front of the House Judiciary Committee and did not go. And then a few days later, they held a vote to hold him in contempt of Congress. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about all of that. Uh, we are going to talk about Venezuela and what is going on there. We're going to talk about Iran. We are going to talk about Game of Thrones. Again, spoiler alerts. He said that's the only one, but that's the that's you the get last two. one. That's Everybody it. gets one from each of us. <laughs> uh, we are going to talk about Endgame. We're going to talk about the Seahawks. We're going to talk about the NBA playoffs. We're going to talk about the Mariners. And then we are going to go the fuck home. Boom. That's it. So we are going to start with... Barr. Bill Barr. Robert so, Mueller. Let me do this real quick because I want you to tell me if this is kind of a sufficient summary of a general timeline of how this has played out. Right. So back in late February, uh, a current attorney general, Bill Barr was confirmed. Yes. So, you know, realistically, so we're talking late February. So he's been all around for maybe three months at this point, roughly. Right. And during his congressional confirmation hearing, I remember they asked him a lot about the Mueller report and what he would do and all this. And he essentially promised Congress that he would release as much as he possibly could with the Mueller report. He, he tends to see it through and all this good stuff. And then the Mueller report drops. Um, Excuse me. That was mid-February or something like that. And then I think the... 
it's like the day after he received it or the, something like that. Um, he released a four-page <coughs> memo letter with the sum- the summary findings. That was in March. Uh, that was in March. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he releases this four-page memo summarizing the overall findings of the report. He didn't summarize the report, obviously, in four pages. We'll talk about that a lot uh, yeah. later. And then during the... He was asked about it again during the appropriations committee subcommittee hearing that was, you know, we talked about that a couple weeks weeks ago, ago, right? Um, And essentially, he just kind of basically told everybody that he'll talk about it. He's already agreed to testify in front of the Senate Judicial Committee and stuff like that after the report comes out. And so he said, just wait for the release. And within about two weeks of him receiving it, they worked, the DOJ worked with the Mueller team to go through redactions. Yes. They got the redactions done. And within two weeks, it was out on the DOJ website. Congress had a copy. Everybody had a copy. We had a copy, right? Yep. And then after that, um, the deputy, deputy attorney general, Rod Rosenstein, submitted his recognition letter um, after the Mueller report had come out. It was a little, maybe a week afterwards, maybe. Um, and then essentially it was supposed to take effect today, May 11th. Really? So, yeah. Word. And so I don't know if that's fully going on, but that's the last I heard. And bye then bye, Rod. Co- bye, Rod. That's right. Yeah. 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 Bye yeah. bye, Rod. Yeah. <laughs> bye, <clears throat> bye, Rod. And I don't know if you caught this. It was kind of a little side course, but Jeff Sessions gave a speech at Rod Rosenstein's like, resignation you know leaving party or something like that gave him big ups and oh really yeah it was it was pretty funny i had never seen a a more giddy little elf than jeff sessions you know talking (laughs) about rod rosenstein it was hilarious he was he looked like it sounds so bad like a little santa elf man he was so happy smile ear to ear was like jumping around on stage as he talks. It was you great. You need to watch Saturday Night Live from when he was still the Attorney General. Oh, that's true. I'm telling you. Who did him? Who played um, him? Kate McKinnon. <sighs> yeah. Telling she's you. A, she's a killer, too. Telling you. Uh, so, anyways, we move on from that. Barr testified in front of the Senate, which I'm sure we'll talk about, because um, that was not this past week. That was on the, the week first. Before, right? That was on the first? Yep. Um, yeah, so that was last uh, Wednesday. Yep. And then he was scheduled to do it again on the second, on the second, over in front of the, the house. house. And it was like, screw this, I ain't, I ain't playing this game. Yeah, no there more. was a dispute over what the because uh... they wanted the lawyers to talk to him, right? And he was like, no, that's not right, happening. right, right. Uh, so, anyways, they did that, and then uh, the format. That's what I was looking for. Yeah, the, the format. The format there of the hearing. Sorry, yeah, he had a problem with the format of the hearing, which yep. is his right. He's the attorney general; he can do that. And then. Uh, now, I'm trying to remember if it was right after that that they decided that they're going to have to hold a contempt hearing. Yes. Yeah, and it they, was later that day uh, okay. that Nancy Pelosi said that they were talking about – well, not sh- that they were talking about holding him contempt of Congress. Um, also, that he, he had lied uh, to Congress when he was testifying uh, because of the Mueller letter that had come out mm-hmm. the previous yeah. day. Um, so – so, anyways, we'll, I mean, we'll touch on all this. I just wanted to make sure I have my rough outline. Yes. Um, timeline, anyways. I believe so. Anyways, so. he refuses to go to the House. They ultimately vote, I think, on Thursday to find him in contempt of Congress. And so now he's under contempt of Congress, whatever that means. And then there's he, a full vote still. 
there is still a full vote. That was yeah. just the committee vote. Yep. Um, and so now the I think it was after that vote then because then it'll go to the the full house to do it. President Trump apparently um, declared executive privilege over the entirety of the <clears throat> report and the underlying evidence, or tried to. It was actually um, <clears throat> minutes before the hearing. Okay. In the House Judiciary Committee. Okay. Which there's some legality problems there apparently too, so that's kind of nonsense. Um, but anyways, now after that's all going down, now there's talk of there's more talk about impeachment and whether it's Barr or this, and there there's talks about subpoenaing Don Trump Jr. Yes. And it sounds like they're trying to get Mueller to come in and testify, and so there's he's so supposed to come in this on. week, I think. Uh, they they that's have what confirmed, Jim said, yeah. As of this morning, um, excuse me, Jesus. the House Judicial Committee Chairman Jerry Nadler uh, said that they are still in negotiations with Special Counsel Robert Mueller over when he appear, but it does not look like it'll be this week. Ah, so as of right now, they're still trying to figure it out. All right. So now, if that's semi. <clears throat> this all happened over a period of two weeks. And I'm kind of glad that we took last week off because it was so ongoing. It's it's kind of hard to talk about those things when they're so widespread. Yes. Um, so now I think it's a perfect time to kind of to kind of talk about it. Okay. So where do you so, want to start, I guess? Let's start uh, on the first of this month because all the other stuff we have talked about in previous episodes, and I okay. will link to that uh, on our website in the posting for this episode. So all those other episodes will be linked there. Also on our Facebook, like I did last week, I'll Mm -hmm. write in there the episodes in which we talked about this other stuff. So um, let's start on the first, right, where Barr was supposed to testify, or he did testify in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee about the handling and the release of the Mueller report, right? So I think it's helpful. I think the easiest way to do it is to kind of point by point go through like kind of the Republican narrative and the Democratic narrative. And okay. we can even go back and forth as to like how they dispute each other, you know, because everybody, everybody has a point to match what the other one is saying, you know, so we can even go back and forth. But so um, let me ask you this real quick then. Yes. Sir. Um, there is currently a less redacted classified version of yes. the Mueller report out. Was this out by then? I feel like it was. Yes. Not. It was. Um, when. All right. So let's see here. When. Bill Barr did go and testify in front of the Senate. There was a version of the report uh, that was, <clears throat> excuse me, even less redacted than the version that is available to the public, right? So this even less redacted version was available to members of Congress that they could go down to the DOJ, they could view it there, and volume two, right, which we talked about last week with no help of me because I was so irritated. Um, <laughs> two weeks ago. Yeah, I almost obstructed that segment. Um, <laughs> we So volume two, which is where they outline all the different instances that could possibly be used to show obstruction of justice by the president. The version of volume two that Congress has less than one-tenth of one percent of that report is redacted. That yeah. is available for any member of Congress to go and view at the DOJ. And it was released, and this is important to know, that many members of Congress in the Senate and in the House, and Jerry Nadler in particular, have chosen not to go and view that report, but have argued, and we'll talk about this, (laughs) but have argued that Bill Barr is withholding information from them by not 
presenting a fully unredacted version of the Mueller report. Um, and we'll talk a little bit later about why that may or may not even be legal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we will start here, right? So the first thing I have written down for, because like, that's just kind of how I organized my notes, right? It's just yes. kind of like the narratives as I was watching the reports, uh, or as I was watching like the C-SPAN hearings, mm-hmm. right? Um, so part of the Republican narrative is that is that Barr did his job, right? He he at first put out this letter that I think one of the first important details to outline, right, is the letter that we have talked about before, the Barr letter, right, as we have referred to it previously, was a short letter, it was four pages, right? Yeah. That excuse me, summarized the overall findings of the report, right? It was not a summary of the Mueller report, right? It, it would just was just a summary of the findings because in the report itself, there are summaries of each section, right? And so that, that explained the findings. And so this was a summary of what is in those four sections, just to kind of satiate the public for them to know this is what's in there, yeah. you know? Bottom line conclusions yes. of what he has found. Even though, and not even though, but... It has been Bill Barr's intent, as you said, his, his as his entire from day one. Yes, before his, he was confirmed. Yeah, his entire term, at not term. What is the fucking word? I'm the tenure. We'll yeah, call it his tenure. entire tenure as Attorney General, at least for this administration. Right, his intent has been to release as much of the report that he possibly could. So, if you have been paying attention, which people who've been listening to this have right because we've known this we talked about it we at least mentioned we didn't talk about him being confirmed very much because he was pretty overwhelmingly confirmed it wasn't a big deal um but his intent has been the entire time to release as much of the report as possible so anybody who's been paying attention knows that that's the case so you would know that this four-page letter is just for now you know and he said that this is just for now i'm still working with the doj i i will do that um oh are you gonna sneak oh, okay yeah you're on um, the roll baby <laughs> um that his intent was to work with the doj and with the intelligence community to redact everything that needed to be taken out so that they could release the report to the public so we could all see what had been done with this two years right because so many members of congress were so adamant that you know Two years or 22 months or whatever and, you know, $35 million and, all, you know, all this stuff. Democrat lawyers, that's, you know, that's what they used to to give you a report that that showed you nothing. You know, that's that's what they kept referencing. Um, all this time and trip. <clears throat> right, right. So he put out this this four-page letter, which, uh, <clears throat> which showed that, you know, that no charges were filed, right? And that's why no charges were filed right um and he explained in that letter that it was left up to him and to rod rosenstein because Mueller did not come to a conclusion on obstruction correct and so it was up to bill barr and rod rosenstein to decide whether or not president trump had obstructed justice or had attempted to obstruct justice right um we talked about this last time he even detailed his his legal thinking process in each one of the episodes about what he thought, you know, essentially why he doesn't think that, that he could charge. Correct. In this case. Um, the, and yeah, so, so let's do it like this. So the democratic counterpoint to that, mm-hmm. right, is that the only reason that Bill Barr did not charge president Trump was because of this, this president, 
precedent through the DOJ that you cannot charge a sitting president, right? Or and and that is the Office of Legal Counsel, the yes, OLC yes. determination. That is correct. Hey, look at you. Look at and you. Which again, Mueller cited in the report that this was notwithstanding the OJC decision. OLC. It's the OLC. Sorry. Um, and so, like, he's not even taking that into account when he goes through each one of these episodes. Yeah. So, to argue anything, you know, in that direction should be negated already. Should be. <clears throat> and so, you're saying that <clears throat> he said that that's not why he didn't come to this conclusion. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, essentially, he took that out as a factor because if that's the only factor holding that, holding Mueller from recommending charges on the president, yeah. it's like, well, then we should probably look at that because in certain circumstances, you can overlook that. It's not really hard, set, fast, hard right, law. Right, This is DOJ policy. And if nothing else, you can impeach it. You know? Exactly. And if that were the case, then you would think that Robert Mueller or Bill Barr would recommend that Congress look towards impeachment so that they could mm-hmm. look towards charges to the president. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, there was a lawyer, no, no, Jesus Christ. There was a letter, um, that was signed by some f- 413 lawyers or some such shit. Yeah. Right? A, a fuck ton. Yes. A metric that, fuck ton. That said, um, any other person besides the president would have been charged with obstruction of justice with the amount of, with all of these instances, right? Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I, the one argument that actually got me, right, was Klobuchar, Amy Klobuchar, right? Is that? Yeah, Amy Klobuchar. So she said. 2020 candidate. Uh, right. So Barely. she said. <laughs> Sorry. That when she looks at the argument for obstruction of justice, she looks at the all of the evidence right like i've i have a written down here somewhere she argues that the pattern of behavior from trump and the totality of the evidence should be considered and should be enough to charge trump right and that's what these lawyers are arguing and i thought that that was interesting because it seems to me at this point it's almost a difference in legal opinions it right? is that and because bill barr is the person who is attorney general at this point and he doesn't see it that way that's not how it's being done along you know? with Deputy Director Rod Rosenstein. Right, which is we'll get into that later, right? Because <laughs> because Kamala Harris got up Bill Barr's ass about Rod Rosenstein, and I really did not understand it at all. Um, and so we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. But I did so like FYI, I, uh, Amy Klobuchar did enroll in the University of Chicago Law School, and uh, she was the associate <clears throat> editor. Of the University of Chicago Law Review, so she yes. does have a background in law. Yes, and she and she mentioned that right, and so I I thought that was interesting. I'm not a lawyer, you know, so I don't know. All I can do, um, aside from taking classes or reading some books and trying to you know learn about precedents to figure it out for myself, all I can do is listen to these different lawyers because most of these people were lawyers in some capacity before mm-hmm. they were uh, congressmen in politics, right? Yeah. Um, you're either usually so, a historian with a <laughs> minor in political science, or you're a pol- political science major, which with nothing else, or you're a lawyer. Yeah, nine times out of ten, um, or you're a fucking entrepreneur, businessman, or something like that. So all I can do, uh, like I said, is 
listen to the different legal opinions that are being provided. And that one made sense to me. You know, it seems pretty and, overwhelming. And I'm trying to look at this truly as objectively as possible. And that's why I'm trying to outline both of these different arguments, right? And how they can be combated so that you guys can decide for yourself what you think makes the most sense. And so this is just a side note that that that's one that struck me and stuck with me that made the I most sense. I think that's to an me. important that, side note. Yeah. That because I have thoughts on that too, once you're done with your thought. Right. Because in, and it gets fuzzy, right? Because, this is this what we're talking about here. These these hearings is a political process. Yes. Right. But charging the president is a legal process. And so it's it, it's just it's very fuzzy. Right? It's very so vague. The, yeah. So it's it's yeah, it's due it's, to the nature of legalese, really. Right. right. Allows so, interpretation. <clears throat> yeah. And I. I lost my train of thought for a second. Uh, all the uh, that's where all I'm the dem- at, or all the lawyers that yeah, put out the that sign the letter. Yeah. Kamala Harris was talking to Barr, and you got really confused out to why yes. or how. Yeah, I don't want to get to Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris yet. Um, let's see here. Intent, right? Because yes. this is one big error. Sorry, sorry, everybody. Um, I'm just looking through. I want to. I don't. I just. I don't want to mix anything up too. Like I want to kind of go in a little bit of order. Mm-hmm. Um, intent and underlying crime is needed for obstruction to occur, right? Yeah. And there was a lot of Democrats that argue that that's not necessarily the case. You know that they can be actively trying to obstruct something that could be happening in investigation. You know, um, and I believe that it was Kamala Harris that asked specifically about getting. Don McGahn to lie, right? That yes. the president asking Don McGahn to lie, that that in itself is obstruction because he's asking his legal counsel to be dishonest when he's being interviewed or just in general to be dishonest. Yeah. Um, and so there are some senators and some people among the country that think that that is the case, right? And it was around this time, and you're gonna, this is gonna make you gag, but also when, uh, Macy Hirona, when I was listening to her, that it made me, Truly think, right? Because she doesn't... She's literally um, the worst senator in the United States. On the United States Senate. She pisses me off so much. But since Dawn's on the phone... Sorry. No, you're right. If mama calls, you better pick up, baby. Yeah. But, uh, oh, she's so sorry. I can hear it a little bit through the phone. This is hilarious. All right. Love you. Bye. <laughs> she forgot that we were recording. So. <laughs> She's got mom brain, dude. Yep, she, that's you know, right. that's, that's totally legit. That is all right. So what were like, we where the fuck about? is my husband at right now? Um, oh, getting him to lie. Oh, right. So Macy Hirono, right? So is at the time when I was listening to Macy Hirono because Macy Hirono, at least as of now, is not running for president, right? Thank she's just, goodness. she's just doing her thing in Congress, right? So yeah. when I was, listening to her i started to think that i think we generally do a pretty good job sometimes maybe not just because we're you know we're laughing or making fun of people or doing whatever but i think that it's important to try and give credence to the idea that some people really believe that this is what's going on you know there are a lot of people that i that we think and i don't want to speak for you but that i think that are saying this shit because they know that this is what some people want to hear. They're trying to be relevant. They're trying to stay active. They're trying to keep this what's going on, you know? But there are genuinely some people, Macy Hirono, she's not, she doesn't have anything to win, you know? She's not going after anything. She's just, excuse me, 
trying to do her job. She really thinks that this is what's going on, you know? So I think it's important to give credence to that idea. Oh, God. I was like, I got a three-minute clip of her on <laughs> from that day. Uh, oh, yeah. And it's she's she's a lot. I'm not saying I agreed with her, but that's just what it made me think. You know, this okay. is so intense. I have to really begin to consider, not begin, but I have to give more credence to the idea that some people really fucking think this is the truth, you know? And it, I, I, asked I my, don't... Yeah, I asked myself know? the same thing with Jerry Nadler and, you know, a yes. bunch of these guys. Yes. What are you thinking? Right. Um, so before... You move on. Yes. I did want to talk about that. However many legal minds chimed in and said, yeah, we should, we should obstruct or, you know, this is all obstruction. That was prosecutable, right? Yes. Well, newsflash. If the Congress believes that Bill Barr, the attorney general, made a bad call along with, you know, deputy director Rod Rosenstein that they should have filed charges. Well, then guess what they should do? They should use their powers, their constitutional powers, to fucking impeach him if that's what they think they need to do. Yeah, and it seems interesting that they're – it seems that – I hate to use the word seem so many times, but – it appears there are there are so many people, the majority of the Democratic Party, if not all of it, believes – this narrative, you know, or is going with this narrative that this is the case that that the Mueller report is not being interpreted the correct why the correct way by the Attorney General, and something needs to be done, right? Mm-hmm. But not enough of them can agree on actually impeaching him because they believe it's too divisive in the country for whatever reason, you know, because Nancy Pelosi is pretty secure in her place, you know, it doesn't seem like she's worried about her seat in Congress or anything. No. So it's not but like she's changed her tune recently too. Yes, it's getting weird, um, but it's. It's interesting, you know, that that's the division point is impeachment, you know, yeah. that and they all seem to believe this same thing, you know, that it's not being interpreted the right way, that President Trump did something wrong, that he's lied, he's obstructed justice. Well, we all know that he's lied, but that he yeah. is, he's obstructed justice because so many of them are saying that the Mueller report plainly shows and it proves this and it lays out this. It shows that this is a fact, you know, all this stuff, how it's there's no question, you know, that he's obstructed justice and they all can agree on that, but they can't agree on impeachment. Yeah. So what – because I don't know like what – there's nothing else to be done about it. At this point, there's nothing else to be done no. other than try and impeach Bill Barr. But that's not going to do anything because all they're going to get is President Trump nominating two more people to be the attorney general and the deputy because Rod Rosenstein, like you said, just stepped down. He's done today. You know, If his letter is correct, he's done today. Yeah. So – Somebody's got to fill those shoes. So he's going to put if if you do impeach Bill Barr, if you get rid of him with this, this you know we'll get into this later. But his this contempt of Congress, yeah. you know, add to the cabinet deficit. Man. I don't know why the next person to come in would interpret it any differently because you can't force them to. I don't know. I I guess you can try and stop it in the House, you know, but that doesn't. That doesn't seem like it's going to work, you know? So no. I, I don't know. I think what what we have here, in my belief, is a division and failure to see overall political strategy on this. Because I think when we're talking, when we start to look at impeachment and the contempt vote and all this stuff in the Congress, what we're talking about here is not so much legality issues anymore this is all political strategy in my mind now and i think there's 
There's people making terrible mistakes. There's people making stupid mistakes that just should not be done. They're shooting themselves in the foot for things they don't even anticipate happening down the road, perhaps. I'm, I'm not totally sure what's going on here because none of it fucking makes sense. None of it makes sense anymore because they're so married to the idea of impeachment. You have Elizabeth Warren out there spouting off impeachments on her campaign trail. I mean, you have yeah. Jerry Nadler and like all the people on these, you know, intelligence committees talking about impeachment. Everybody's talking about impeachment, but nobody wants to pull the trigger on it because they know in an impeachment process, there is going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And at this point in time, they're not going to win. Right. And they're going to hand Trump the 2020 election. They don't have the numbers. They do not. They may have them in Congress or in the House, but they don't have it in the Senate, first of all. That's going to be a tough sell. Unless a bunch... No, you couldn't even do that. It's so close to 2020 time that everything everything they do right now is solely based on getting to 2020. That's every decision that's being made here, which I think... Whether it's a good decision or not, Nancy Pelosi is starting to flirt with impeachment. And, you know, she's talking about possibly impeaching Barr himself. You know, she right. joked the other day that, you know, we do have the uh, the old jail cell below the House of Congress for people that are in contempt. And Right. None of this is ever going to work like that, you know. In a real <clears throat> world, Eric Holder's uh, con- congressional contempt case is just now finishing its way through the legal system right. 17, 18 months after the fact. Eric Holder was Barack Obama's attorney general. Yes. Just so Sorry. No, and this okay. was all, this was a just Republican controlled house at the time who found him in contempt of Congress. And this was all had to do with the Fast and Furious campaign. And I that's just a whole other topic. Yeah, but I just learned about that. About Fast and Furious? I, I mean, I'd heard about it, but I okay. just like learned about it. Pretty fucked up. Yes. Yeah. And I, I had heard. The story itself, but not it be called Fast and Furious. And then mm. I heard Fast and Furious, but I was like, oh, what the fuck is that? And so, and we were in our very early stages of, yeah. I don't think that was even happening. We, don't even, when we, were working we didn't even together. talk about that. No. Yeah. So I think that you're correct as far as the narrative, right? Or, um, what did you call it? Like the plan, their strategy, right? They, the political they strategy. Yeah. They can't get on board with one, right? Because mm-hmm. Jerry Nadler's trying to do his own thing, you know? And so, like, like said, I think that getting to the 2020 election is the only viable option because they can't get anybody, any enough people on board for one thing mm-hmm. to get it done, you know? So 2020 is the only thing because none, none of it's going to work. They, yeah. They're all just going to chip at each other until 2020 rolls around. And hopefully one Democrat is able to get it together or at least a Republican. You know, I don't, I, if somebody would God. primary Trump, that would be in my wet wild, dreams, maybe, but <laughs> God, that would be so nice. Yeah. I'd even take a Lindsey Graham for God's sakes. Oh Jesus. I'd take a Lindsey Graham president over Donald Trump president. My any day. mom said to me like a couple weeks ago, she said, you know what lady I wish would run for president? Oh, Nikki Haley. Yeah. And I said, Mom, yes. I said, that is what I like to hear. I was like, that is awesome. She said, yeah, I think that she's great. She's really tough. And all of a sudden I was like, you're fucking right. Nikki Haley is the shit. And I wish that she would run for president. Have you listened to the Ben Shapiro Sunday oh, special yeah, with Nikki I did. Haley? I love Nikki Haley. So good. I yeah, do. she's a – there's a reason that's a Ben Spirit animal. Yeah. she is a monster. Yeah, I like, I like her a lot. Former governor of Georgia, I want to say. 
If for one of the Carolinas. I think, so. I think it was. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like, think South Carolina. Shit, I'm going to have to look it up. Yeah, I think so. Maybe North Carolina. It is one of the Carolinas. One of them Cackalackies. One of, one of them. Um, so let's see. We move on to another point here. Um, the Republicans also talked about the Mueller investigation, and they talked a lot about the Steele dossier, right? So I want to talk about that for a moment. South Cackalacky. Okay. There you go. Boom. Sorry. Uh, I'm good. Um, <laughs> so they said the Mueller investigation from the very beginning um, was started because of a collusion narrative that was started by the Steele dossier. Mm-hmm. Right? And so they talked about... Just pull it out a little farther like that. Right now? Mm-hmm. So just pull it towards me a little bit. Oh, there we go. There you go. For some reason, it picks better on the sides. Worked. <laughs> um, and I thought it was the front for some reason. Um... What the fuck was I saying? Steel dossier. Right? Steel dossier. Yeah, I'm talking about how it was, and this it may be correct, right? And I don't mean to split hairs, but I just want to make sure that we're getting the full story mm-hmm. because they kept talking about steel dossier being opposition research, you know, opposition research, and I was like, I feel like I remember something about it not starting with the Democrats, right? So I looked up an old article about the steel dossier, and I was correct, right? So the so steel. Pos- I want to take a guess at this real quick. Yes. Because if I remember right, it was originally initiated by the Republicans, but it was dropped like very soon after. They walked away from it and the it Democrats was, picked them up. It was like three months or something like that. Okay. Right. That, yeah, someone. Um, Semi close. Yeah. Someone in for the Republicans was looking into just all of the candidates at the time, right? Including Donald Trump. And then after like three months, they were like, fuck it. We don't want to do this anymore. But because Fusion GPS had already started this research, they approached a law firm that represents the Democratic National Committee. And said, do you guys want this? Right. And it's important to note that because a lot of people, especially Jim Jordan, including and many other people were saying, you know, the Democratic National Committee went out seeking this information when that's not the case. It was the law firm that represents the or Fusion GPS that reached out to that law firm, uh, whatever the name is. I have it somewhere here. Um It doesn't really matter. I'm trying but, to remember, um, too. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't I, really matter. I had it somewhere that, yeah, they're. Fusion GPS reached out to uh, the law firm that represented the Democratic National Committee and offered this information that was compiled by whatever Steele, Richard Steele, Robert Steele, whatever the fuck his name is. Um, oh, crap. And so that up too. whether or not that makes a huge difference, I think that it's important just to know the full story, you know, yes. that it was not – this information was not sought out by the Democrats. The information wasn't started funding in the beginning, initially funded by the Democrats. It was initially funded by a Republican campaign and then switched over to a Democratic campaign after they were reached out to by Fusion GPS and fucking Robert Steele or whatever the fuck this guy's name is. Trying. Um, I think it's Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele. Boom, That's there what it his is. name is. Christopher Steele. Um, so I think that that part makes a difference. So the Democrats didn't go out seeking that information, right? Mm-hmm. But whether or not the Republicans began the research, I don't know, makes a huge difference. But um, the information itself was used, you know, later. So I just thought, like I said, that that was important yeah. to, to put out there. And you I know? wouldn't even put it past the Republicans that are pushing that narrative that they don't even know that. Right. Or at least don't remember, yeah. you know, because it was just – 
a faint memory that I had, mm-hmm. you know, of that, that I was like, I don't know that that's exactly how that happened. Yeah. You know, I was like, I kind of remember, and we talked about it. I know we talked about it. So I'll link to that episode as well. Um, but I know that we talked about the steel dossier when it first came out. Cause that mm-hmm. was also like, and the steel dossier is, that's the same document or, or grouping of documents that, you know, allegedly contained the, you know, the, the, PP tapes, the P tape, yeah. yeah, all that good stuff, which none of it we don't know is true or not. But. And I kind of feel like that had something to do with Stormy Daniels too, right? Like, was that maybe also in the Steel dossier? Maybe. I, f- I don't know. I'll, I'll look, I don't don't hold me to that. Yeah. I have faint memory. I've, I'll look that up because I think that maybe there was a. But what's like that? So what is their too, big but, contention with the Steel dossier? Um, just that it's it's nonsense, you know, that it's mm-hmm. it's it hasn't been like the information itself wasn't verified, you know. Yeah. So um these investigations in the intelligence community should never have been started in the beginning because they used the steel dossier to get the FISA warrant that Perfect. started the investigations. And um I've I don't know, you know, I, I, I would hate to Well, that's what the yeah. Inspector General's report was supposed to be about. Right is fine. You know, this is the uh, the phrase "investigate the investigators." That's yes. This is the IG Horowitz's investigation going on, and we talked about that because they talked a lot about like Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and shit that we talked about a long time ago. So I'll also no. I'll, I'll link to those as well. Um, but we talked about that investigation, the Inspector General report. When we talked about Peter Strzok, mm-hmm. because you're correct, it was his job to investigate the FBI and make sure that bias had not leaked into those investigations and interfered in anything that had gone on. And he found, Michael Horowitz found in the end that there was, that there was bias there, but that it had, it had not interfered with the investigations. Yeah. Right? If anything, it had negatively, negatively impacted the Hillary Clinton investigation. Yes. Because Due to the alleged bias that is seen through Carter, Lisa Page and Struck, Carter Struck, I can't remember. Um, you just said it, but I no, can't remember. Peter Struck, Peter Struck, Peter um, Struck, Carter Page, because he ultimately was kind of at the top end in the leadership position of both of those investigations, right. and he focused so much on the Trump investigation that he put the Hillary Clinton investigation on the back burner, and by the time they found. Uh, the the information on uh, Huma Abedin's computer. Um, yeah, I, th- I believe ex-wife now of uh, Anthony Weiner at the time. Oh, Anthony Weiner! Yeah, this was back oh. then. Um, but by then it was so late that that's when James Comey came out and he right. said all this stuff, and it was just so late in the game that that single-handedly could have cost wow. Hillary Clinton the election. I remember which is all that. So crazy, right? I remember all that. Just I remember listening to that in the car. I was. Going through Starbucks, going to work one day, and I was listening to James Comey talk about that, and I was just going, "This is not good." Yeah, that's this is problematic. So I think it's weird to think that their that part of the investigation stems all the way back to that. Yes, you know, <laughs> strange, right? And so that's obviously the Democratic argument is that you know this, which I th- is legitimate. I it's mean, a legitimate the, argument. That's a legitimate argument that Michael Horowitz did that investigation. He found it didn't matter. It was it's done. You know, yep. it's, that is that is handled. So for them to continue to talk about it is is ridiculous. Yep. You know, it's it's ludicrous. Um, however, 
Bill Barr did say that he felt like there was some spying that happened. Oh, yeah. um, spying did occur. Yes. And, in his own words. And he caught a bunch of shit for using the word spying. And yeah. so this is, this is it. I'm going to take this time to talk about the distinct but finite difference between summary and summary of findings, Ooh, right? Okay. And why this, to me, made so much sense and frustrated me so much, right? I, as I have said before, try and be really careful with my words. Because we talk for so long, there's a lot of times where I correct myself afterwards, and sometimes I don't listen, so I've said some stupid shit, right? But I try and be very concise with my words, and if we were to have a one-on-one conversation, it would be much better than this podcast because it's easier for me to focus, right? Um, But there was so much focus especially among the democrats right and i don't feel like it helped them at all on bill barr's letter being a summary of the investigation as opposed to a summary of the findings right and i think it's important because saying that it's a summary of the investigation implies that there would be more detail involved in his letter and therefore implies that four pages is insufficient for a summary of this, right? For a summary of this 400-page report. Yeah. However, Which it would be. It would be. However, four pages for a summary of the principal findings to, like, as I said earlier, to satiate the public while waiting 19 days or something like that for yeah. the report to come out, for the redacted version of the report to come out, I think is totally legitimate. Uh-huh. He's a lawyer. Not only is he a lawyer... He's the attorney general of the United States. He is the top lawyer in the United States as of right now. He's a damn good lawyer, too. He's a fucking great lawyer. So I think that that's super important, that he is going to be really particular with his words. And when you mischaracterize it like that, it does look that way. Uh And it's, and he was really good and very adamant that it was not a summary. This was not a summary because you are correct. That would be insufficient. This is not a summary. This was a summary of the principal findings of the Mueller report while I was waiting. And the Republican argument to that is it doesn't fucking matter what his letter said because two weeks later, the full report was out anyway. Yep. Regardless. It's still so it out right matter. now. The you could buy it on Amazon. But the Democratic argument is that in those two weeks, he so vastly skewed the opinion of the public that it didn't matter what the Mueller report said later. Right? That it That's... Yeah. So, um, kind of a reach. So, in that argument, they reference a letter that Robert Mueller sent to Bill Barr. Yes. Right? And this was sent the same day that Bill Barr released his letter, which I believe was the 27th of April or some such shit like that. Um, <clears throat> and then there was this huge focus afterwards. Where the Democrats are saying that Bill Barr lied because this this letter came into existence the day before the hearing. So the 30th of April, this letter came in like people knew about it. Right. And I don't mm-hmm. when, when is it dated? It's dated March 27th. God damn it. I'm good. God damn it. I'm yep. good. So it came in on the 27th. Ooh. And when Bill Barr testified, I think on the 28th, he said that he did not know how the Mueller team felt about the report, right? 
And so Congress said that that in itself is, uh, what's it called when you're lying to Congress? Perjury. Yep. It's perjury. Got him in a perjury Be- trap. Yes, because he he did know because he read this letter. And in this letter, Robert Mueller says, um, and I, because there's like a quote that everyone was really focused on. You know, um, and to avoid that, it is a page long. Let yes. me fire through this. Yes. So this was a letter from the honorable or to the honorable William P. Barr, Attorney General of the United States Department of Justice, Washington D.C. Washington D.C. So, dear Attorney General Barr, I previously sent you a letter dated March twenty fifth, two thousand nineteen, that enclosed the introduction and executive summary of each volume of the special counsel's report, marked with redactions to the remove and any information that potentially could be protected by federal rule of criminal procedure C6 or yeah 6E e. so small which is grand jury material six or um grand jury material 6E cuz this is important right yep. 6E material is essentially top secret like it's not allowed to be released because in I don't I don't know it's it's part of some yeah, ruling well, and precedent and it's, it's not allowed to be released to the public yep. it has to be a secret so, so he says you know a, protected by federal rule of criminal procedure 6E that concerned declination decisions or that related to the chart the charged case. Ooh. We also had marked an additional two sentences for review and have now confirmed that these sentences can be released publicly. According accordingly, the enclosed documents are in the form that can be released to the public. Consistent with the legal requirements of department policies, I am requesting that you provide these materials to Congress and authorize their public release at this time. As we stated in our meeting on March 5th and reiterated to the department earlier, early in the afternoon of March 24th, the introductions and executive summaries of our two-volume report accurately summarize the office's work and conclusion. I want to make sure I read that again. As we stated in our meeting of March 5th and reiterated to the department early in the afternoon of March 24th, the introductions and executive summaries of our two-volume report accurately summarized this office's work and conclusion. He goes on to say, The summary letter of the department sent to Congress and released to the public late in the afternoon of March 24th did not fully capture the context, nature, and substance of this office's work and er, and conclusions. That's the line that everybody keeps taking and using. We communicated that concern to the department on the morning of March 25th. There is now public confusion about the critical aspects of the results of the investigation. This threatens to undermine a central purpose for which the department appointed the special counsel to ensure full public confidence in the outcome of the investigation. See Department of Justice press release, so on and so forth. (laughs) Let's stop right there just for a second because... On the 28th, I believe, when Robert Mueller test or when Bill Barr testified, um, it was known then there had been reports that members of the Mueller team had come out and were unhappy about the amount of detail that had been released in the letter. So everyone knew that. The general public knew that. Yeah. That was addressed by Bill Barr in his hearing on the 28th. I know that. I'm telling you that because I listened to it. I listened to it with my own ears. I heard him talk about it. I promise you. I don't know if you – I believe it was the 28th. So don't quote me on the date. But when he testified initially, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Oh, it was the first, right? It was the first that he testified. It was the first. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. So they knew, right? He knew then they talked about the 
the reports that had come out about the members of their lawyers yeah. from the Mueller team or whoever from the Mueller team that was unhappy about the amount of information that was in the letter. However, it doesn't it doesn't matter, right? So yeah, right. Um, there's one more paragraph he puts in here yes. before he signs it. Um, well, we understand the department is reviewing the full report to determine what is appropriate for public release, a process that our office is working with you to complete. That process need not delay release of the enclosed materials. Release at this time would alleviate the misunderstandings that have arisen and would answer congressional and public questions about the nature and outcome of, of our investigations. It would also accord with the standard of public release of notification in Congress cited in the letter, so on and so forth. See this this law that says we can do that. And so with this was to like... Essentially, it was two pieces of the report that comes out mm-hmm. that summarizes those two volumes, right? Yeah. And In their own words. Yes. And so Bill Barr, after this happened, because he testified to this when he was in front, when he was in front of Congress, he said, after I got this letter, I called Robert Mueller and I told him, I don't want to release the report in parts. I want yeah. to release it all at one time. I don't want there to be any confusion or anybody to distort anything. I wanted to just put it all out at once as much as I possibly can. So I am not going to do that. At, at this time, that's his decision as attorney general. He doesn't have to put out the report at all, but by request of Congress, when he was being confirmed, he said that he would. Mm-hmm. So he made the decision to, and is doing what they asked to put out as much of the report that he possibly can at the time that he can, as quickly as he can, working with the Department of Justice, working with Robert Mueller's team, and working with the intelligence community to make sure that everything is good to go, nothing is sus, nothing is top secret, nothing is yep. 6E material, nothing has to do with the intelligence community processes. We, we talked about the four different categories and reasons as to why information would be redacted out of the report, and it's highlighted in the report for the reason that it was redacted. Yep. So even with it being a good faith argument, I don't understand it. Like it, that doesn't make logical sense to me. Even even just, you know what I'm saying, assuming that really you believe this, that doesn't make any logical sense. What he said in this letter doesn't seem to be relevant, especially, like I said, when you when you look at exactly what he said, this is a summary of the principal findings of the report. Like I said, just just to satiate the public until I put out the whole thing. This is not a summary. This is not mm-hmm. the detail. This is not anything. This is just what you're going to read about when I give you the full report. Yep. That's really important. But if you distort his words, then he looks like a liar. And at this point, they're trying. It almost seems like they're trying, especially with Kamala Harris, right? Because now it's time to talk about her. Yeah. They're trying to paint Bill Barr as though he is inept at his job. He's he's just he's unable to do his job adequately, right? Yep. So or some people have said that he's a damn good lawyer, but now he's acting as the personal lawyer of the president of the United States. Yes. Which is another strange charge, I guess. Um so let's see here. I just want to make sure I cross out these things so I don't um don't double back. Yes. Yes. <laughs> So Kamala Harris asked Bill Barr about – she asked him if he looked at all of the evidence that went into the report, mm-hmm. right? And he said, I looked at the report. I mean, and I took the report as fact, right? Because I would assume that Robert – and this is not even – I'm. this seems logical again to me that I would assume and Bill Barr would assume 
that Robert Mueller spent 22 months or however long on this report and $35 million and all these lawyers, all their time doing this, that he's not going to report a bunch of bullshit, that it's the truth. And that's what everyone has been saying this whole time, that we just got to wait for the report because that will be the truth, right? So she's trying to paint him, like I said, as, as though he's inept at this job because he didn't look at all of the evidence that goes into the report, which seems weird. It seems weird that he would do that. You exactly. want him to take another eight months or however it's going to take, however long it's going to take to look at the millions of documents that Robert Mueller subpoenaed and requested and got from individuals and from corporations and from bodies for that investigation. You want Bill Barr to take all of this time to look at all that material to make sure that Robert Mueller did his job right? Because I don't understand. Then what was the, if he yep. if he wasn't going to do his job right this whole time? Then what was the point of spending this much money on him? What was the point of allowing him to do that? And if right? I could tell Kamala Harris this to her face, I would say the purpose of a special special counsel is to have an independent investigative body that is free of political bullshit to make the call for the Congress to look at make you know make an independent neutral you know collection of findings or result or whatever you so that it it isn't up to whoever the appointed attorney general is to make that call on the investigation we're not going to go back and reinvestigate this thing because we don't like the way bob Mueller's findings came out or it we doesn't don't make like, any sense no it's, it's, it's pointless not his then. job right. to turn around and re-examine everything no there's there's that means that you have Zero trust in the special counsel's ability to do their job, period. And it, it would have been the attorney general's job to take that letter and interpret it regardless of whether it was Loretta Lynch, regardless of whether it was Bill Barr or Jeff Sessions or who who was the other guy that we were just talking about? Eric uh, Holder. Eric Holder. It doesn't matter if, if any of those people, it would be any of their responsibilities. The only difference would be their legal opinion on what was in the report. Mm-hmm. So it's just whatever. You can consider however you feel about a good luck or bad luck that Bill Barr is the one sitting in that seat right now that gets to make that determination. But he's the one that gets to read the signs and decide what happens with this, mm-hmm. right? Going to read the bones. And so after that, she she turns on Rod Rosenstein, right? Rod Rosenstein, when he was confirmed, was like a – we talked about this before. He was like a champion for the Democratic Party. Like, oh, he, he's going to do it. Rosenstein's going to do it because he talked about, you know, using the the whatever amendment to get Trump out of here. And, you the know, 25th. that's it. He's the man. He's going to be the one, right? So now he also – until Bill Barr was confirmed, was the acting attorney general, right? Yep. Excuse me. He was confirmed, I think Bill Barr said like 94 to 6 or something like that, to be the acting attorney general. And they continue to talk about in his hearing and in his testimony that he would be the one to oversee the Mueller investigation, right? Oh, yeah. So Kamala Harris is like, so uh, did you talk to anybody about whether or not it was acceptable to have Rod Rosenstein involved in the investigation, seeing as he's a witness in this. And Bill Barr is like, no. well, he's the acting attorney general like in, in regards to the investigation, right? She's like, so what you're saying is that you didn't talk to anybody about whether or not you didn't clear him to be involved in the investigation and in, in, not in the investigation, in the decision making on 
on the handing down of, of a sentence, right? And he is like, well, I figured that because he's the acting attorney general that, and he's allowed to oversee the investigation, he would be equipped and cleared to help me make a decision on what the investigation said. He's the only person involved that has overseen the entire investigation so, from start to finish. I don't understand what the possible difference would be between him overseeing the entirety of the investigation, working with Robert Mueller, working with Robert Mueller's team, seeing all of that information, all of the documents, all of the everything, and then deciding that and interpreting that with Bill Barr. What is the difference? Like, I don't, what could possibly be the difference? This is what makes my head spin about this entire thing. And that's, None of it makes sense anymore. Again, even like I said, when I'm trying to give it a good faith argument, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And she's, she's just, she's, I wish that I could explain what her just body language was. Like, it's worth it to watch because she's just disgusted. She can't believe oh, yeah. that you're the top lawyer and you would do something like this. You would act so negligent as to not look at all of the millions of documents and as so as to not... Ask someone else who works in the Department of Justice whether or not it's okay for the acting attorney general who's overseeing an investigation to help you decide what the outcome should be. I would have to ask her as attorney general of California and as a district attorney her whole life, did she undermine every single investigator underneath of her control and overlook and overturn any decisions that they made? I think that's so weird. Like that doesn't make any sense. It makes zero sense. It's That's totally illogical. I've I've hit a point with this bullshit and everything that we're going to continue to talk about here. I fully understand now why Dan Carlin quit doing his his Common Sense show. Because none of this stuff makes sense anymore. No. They are playing off of the public's, you know, uh, uh, ignorance on all this procedure and how things are supposed to work. And it's just whoever's more popular, whoever sounds better. Yeah. None of this is supposed to work this way. And it is, it's at the same time confusing and infuriating because the news outlets are running with this thing as, you know, they just stick their finger up in the wind and see which way it's blowing and go that way. And there's no, unless you sit there and watch these hearings and then piece together 30 different articles about the same thing, you have no concept of what's actually right. going on. And these it's hearings so are fucking frustrating. The hearings are hard to listen to. Dude. They're hard to listen to. Um, not only because the information is repetitive, because a lot of people are just using the same talking points over and over again, but because if you're not paying really close attention, it doesn't make any fucking sense. No. You know? Um, you got to be involved from start to finish on this thing. Yes. Man. Yes. Uh, so after that, Kamala Harris then started to talk about how Bill Barr was protecting the president with the Barr letter before he released the report. You know, that he released this simplistic letter to try and give cover to the president before he released the redacted Mueller report, mm-hmm. which I don't really understand. Disingenuous. But, but I think 100%. goes with that same argument, you know, that he was, I don't know, trying to like take some of the power out of the Mueller report, you know, by putting out this letter, but that doesn't, uh, I don't really, I, I don't think that that was the case. We talked about this before that I think the thing that took the power out of the Mueller report was all of the information having been leaked along the way yeah. and people already knowing about it. You know, exactly. I don't, it, I don't think it had anything to do with, with Barr's letter because when we read Barr's letter, we were like, 
Well, there it is. That's all the shit that we knew about. Yep. You know, we just right there. That. that we already knew it. So we'll wait and see in the Mueller report if there's really anything else. But this, this right here. And when the Mueller report came out, there wasn't much else. There is some. some. There's it because he lies out ten individual things. But those things we already knew about. Those yep. things had already been reported. You again, like you said, just had to piece through thirty different articles, and you would have all that information. Mm-hmm. We already knew it. But if you're not paying close attention, they can say whatever the fuck they want to say because nobody knows any difference. You could probably go through our podcast and find we talked about 70% of those things, at least, Easy. that are on that list. Easy you know? 70%. And we're a fucking third-rate podcast. You know? No, we're so, not. I know. We just haven't been discovered yet. <laughs> so so it's it's not that hard. You know, it's, it's not that hard. At least to me, it seems... I don't want to keep using the term logical, but it seems reasonable that that is what took the power to the report. Not the letter. Not the letter that let us no. know that that was it. But the the fact that everything had already been talked about. You know, for the 22 months before, everything got leaked. I can see how if you were just looking at this whole thing and you haven't been paying attention at all, that things could get a little weird. Yeah. But if you've been paying attention, as you should, by listening to this podcast every week-ish, depends on how often we do it now, <laughs> we... uh I mean, you should know all. None of this stuff should have been a surprise to you. Maybe a couple things, but even if it is, when you actually take a look at what really happened, and you don't exactly trust every word coming out of your your senators and your House representatives' mouths, which you should not, you should do the the legwork yourself to know whether or not they're telling the truth. Yes. But if you just listen to them, you would have a whole nother outlook on this thing and you might want to side with them saying that Barr tried to mislead the public with his representation in the summary of the underlying findings yeah compared to the actual report but that's not the case at all not even a little bit and it drives me up a wall so now coupled with these arguments Kamala Harris is able to further the narrative that Bill Barr is untrustworthy so you know maybe setting up a little bit for possible impeachment and you know help with the the uh deal the next day in the House of Representatives. Mm -hmm. And then she talks about the concern that she has for him overseeing the other 12 investigations or whatever that's going on into different campaigns and inclusion and spying and all the, you know, all the different things. And he said that they were investigating the spying that it went on with the different campaigns. She said, well, you know, have you asked anybody whether or not it's okay that you, you know, overlook all this stuff. And he's like, why would I do that? And she said, well, I think she said, I think that it's blatant to the American public that you have a conflict of interest with these, you know, with these matters. And he said, what's my conflict of interest? And she said, I think that it's plain for people to see. And then, and then ended her time. You know? she's got, she can't. She's got nothing to right. stand on, and that sounds good. It's, and it's going to turn a bunch of ignorant people over to her side. She just doesn't Politics agree. Politics one hundred and one. She just doesn't agree with the way that he's interpreting the law. You know, and that's the problem: is that what they're talking about is is a legal matter, mm-hmm. right? But they're talking about it in a political forum. So legal legal terms generally. Right. Or they're certainly I, let me preface this. Right. They are certainly written in ways that they can be loosely interpreted in some instances. Right. But when legal when people speak, mm-hmm. right, they speak in very concise, calculated terms that they mean exactly what they mean. You know, yep. when Bill Barr is speaking, he means exactly what he means. He's, he's not such speaking. a pro. He could put some fucking sauce on that, make it hot. Exactly. And so 
they are taking his legal jargon and trying to dissect it in a political forum where political language, political rhetoric is 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 alive and it's moving and it's fluid and you can change it. So you can be like, all right, well, that's not what I meant. You know, I said that, but what I really meant was this. So you know, it's designed to capture as many exactly. minds as possible. So when you take this very concise language and you try and broaden it. It that doesn't work. It's nope. it's and when you take like you said a fucking pro like Bill Barr, who has been attorney general before during the Bush administration, where he was presumably working with Congress all the time for some such shit that's happening there. You know what I'm saying? Yep. This guy knows what he's doing. You're you cannot outlawyer him in this instance. He Not said exactly happen. what he meant, you yep. know? And then so she knows that as a lawyer. So the only thing she can do is try and use her political sense to just muddy the waters and confuse the people who don't see it that way. Yes. Because everybody there who's an honest lawyer is should be taking him at his word, mm-hmm. right? But it's the people like Cory Booker, like Kamala Harris, that are trying to win in 2020 that are spinning what he's saying to try and appeal to the public and show them, no, 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 that's not, you know, it really means this and means this. They're trying to make it look like a political matter when this is mm-hmm. really a legal decision. Yep. And that's fucked up. That's dishonest. And it's disingenuous to the public and it's untrustworthy. And I don't like that shit. No, it really pisses me off. But I, I mean, I understand that that's the way the game is played. And people like. But with something this serious, I don't feel like it should be that way. Something they're, they're making to be this serious. You know, it should not be this way. Especially when it's a losing issue for them. Yes. They're not going to get anywhere on this. The only way they could actually vindicate themselves out of this hole that they continue to dig, and it's getting deeper and deeper by the day, is to impeach him and win. It's the right. only way they can do right. this. It's the only way at. Other than that, that's why they're not going to pull down trigger on impeachment, whether it's for Barr or for the president, until after 2020, because right. then they got nothing to lose anymore because they've already lost. They and are go- at this point in time, they are going to lose in 2020 hard. The only saving grace they have at this exact moment in time, and this could change literally within the minute, because who we're talking about is former vice president. Joe Biden, and he could say some really fucked up shit. He's as crazy at any shit. minute, and he could tank his numbers right now at the turn of a hat. But as of right him. now, Joe Biden is their only hope to get into 2020, and every other candidate that's running right now needs to shut up and support him. Otherwise, we're looking at Trump 2020. Yeah, that's it. Just drives me up a fucking wall. But I mean, let the people eat chicken. Um, and I think that it's important to know that when we're talking about, like I said, this legal document, right? Legally, for someone to be convicted of something, they need to be found guilty beyond a reasonable doubt, mm-hmm. you know? And that was Bill Barr's argument this whole time is I don't believe in a court of law we could find him beyond a reasonable doubt guilty, you know? Yep. I don't know that that's – if I was a juror and – and Amy Klobuchar was the lawyer, and she's talking about the preponderance of the evidence and all this stuff because that's what you're supposed to look at. I know that mm-hmm. for sure, the preponderance of the evidence, right? I would be like, this motherfucker's guilty. Like, he is guilty. We'd lock his ass up, right? There's plenty of other people that don't see it that way, yep. you know? Bill Barr is just a guy that doesn't see it that way, and so he doesn't think that it's worth the time. And apparently, Rod Rosenstein feels the same way, yep. you know? Either that or he just got railroaded by Bill Barr because Bill eh. Barr can, But I don't think that that's really the case. I don't know. It's kind of a... Meek individual. With the leaky culture we have now, if that's the case, Rod Rosenstein would have already leaked a letter to somebody and been yep. like, this motherfucker, I told him, you know, that we needed to 
to prosecute and he said fuck you we're not yep. doing it right he needs to eat more red meat is what he needs to so, do <laughs> so but in politics it's not that way no in politics you just someone just has to be suspicious and it's done you know and this was the same problem that we ran into with with Brett Kavanaugh you know and even a little bit with Joe Biden you know yeah that that People are saying these things, but they're waiting so long. Legally, they cannot be found guilty, but come out. Socially, people can form their own opinions, but then they talk about, well, why aren't these people being prosecuted? It's the, because it's it legally They're looking to win the, the, the court of public opinion. Yes. And then oftentimes they do because they, I think, I don't know, it's weird the makeup these days, but there's a general, at least the, the people that are the loudest – both on social media and elsewhere, obviously I feel have a greater bent to the democratic side of things. And so they say the right things, they get that base ginned up, and it looks like they have the numbers to do what they want to do. But I don't think they're very representative, to be honest. But I think at the end of this thing, right, Bill Barr, as the Attorney General, has made a conclusion legally. They're not going to pursue charges on the president, right? And it is the way the government is supposed to work. It is now Congress's time to say, hey, we don't like that ruling. We think, okay, regardless of whatever, we can't take him to court now. We can't find him criminally on this obstruction stuff because the AG has already ruled that. But we have this lovely tool that we were given by the Constitution called impeachment. And now it's time that we, if we truly believe that he is wrong on this thing, we don't have to put him in jail. We don't want him in jail. All we want to do is get him out of the office. And all we have to do is impeach him. Right. All we got to do is make him resign or impeach him out of office. Game over. He's gone. We don't have to worry about him anymore. But they won't do it because they know they can't. They don't have enough juice politically to convince enough people to vote that way. And that's mm-hmm. why they're having... People like Robert Mueller come in. That's why they're trying to get Don McGahn to come in so they can Mm -hmm. have them testify to try and get more evidence, more information, more opinions, more whatever, more salaciousness, you know, Mm -hmm. so as to try and get enough people convinced to go forward with impeachment, you know. So let me ask you this real quick. Do you think it's a good idea for Bob Mueller to come in and testify? I don't think at this point it can harm anything. Because yeah. it's not, it doesn't seem like he's going to say anything that hasn't already been said. It mm-hmm. doesn't seem like he would leave anything out, you know? And, and if he did, I mean, then, legally speaking, he can't. He needs right. to make sure that whatever he says is included in that report. Otherwise, his ass is on the line. And that's why Bill Barr said, I don't see any problem with Robert Mueller coming in here. That's up to no. him whether or not he wants to come in. Yep. And kind of maybe up to the president, you know, but. I don't that's I don't have any problem with him coming in because you're right legally everything he has to say should be already here in the report. If he says anything new, he'll be fucked. He will be legally fucked. Big time. So, yes, I don't know what the law is, but he will be fucked and if not legally, even if something happens and he doesn't go to prison or whatever, his reputation will be ruined throughout the legal community. You know, yeah. he won't be able to be on TV, he won't be able to be anything other than sitting at home retired not doing shit, yep. you know. So I don't. I don't see any harm in in Robert Mueller coming in. Me you know, and I. You know what's funny is most of my political commentary that I take in on a regular basis and don't just use it for oppo research is pretty heavily been conservative. 
Yeah. And I won't hold any qualms about that. I am who I am. But I understand that even in the conservative community, nobody's really against Mueller coming in in to testify. There doesn't seem to be any reason to, you know. And I I don't hold them. You know, the only thing, the only person I truly, truly have a problem with at this point is because he's in a leadership role is Congressman Jerry Nadler. House, he's the House Judiciary Committee chairman. Yes. And he is a joke at this point. I cannot take a word he says seriously whatsoever. That logical. None of it makes sense at all. It's just, it seems like such a transparent political, you know, nonsense. It's just, it's so transparent. I don't want to see how anybody can take him seriously. But I guess if you have, if your basis of reasoning is totally subjective and you can say whatever you say, and it's just as, as long as you can control the, you know, the, I don't want to say stupid masses, but the, the ignorant masses on this thing, then you win. Because he's obviously in a district where he's not concerned about re-election, you know, and that's why he's doing, or at least he's towards the end what of his career where he doesn't he give a shit, you know. I know he's a representative from New York. Yeah, I'm not sure, but I'm gonna look it up because I'd be curious um, what it's got to be one in the city somewhere, man. While you're doing that, I think we should move on and just hit quickly, yeah, uh, the second day because this now that we've talked Definitely. about most of this big picture stuff, it's really pretty quick. Um, so the next day. On the second, Bill Barr was supposed to go and testify in front of the House Judiciary Committee, which is what we're talking about now. Jerry Nadler being the chairman. Yep. And there was dispute over, like we said, the formatting of the hearing where Jerry Nadler wanted and the Democrats wanted their lawyers to come in and also do questioning of Robert of Bill Barr. I keep fucking doing that of Bill Barr instead of just them like the senators had done the day before. Bill Barr was not okay with that, so he said he wasn't going to come. There was some discussion where they said, okay, well, what about just letting each side have 30 extra minutes, you know, and we can divide it up however we want so you can find, you can pick your best representative who's the best lawyer and let them go for 30 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Bill Barr said, fine, you know, I'll totally do that. And they said, no, 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 we want our lawyers there. The Democrats said, we want the lawyers there so the lawyers can ask the questions. And Bill Barr said, then I am not coming. I'm not going to do that, right? And I wouldn't blame him. So in response to that, the Democrats of the House Judiciary Committee said, fine, then we want, here's a subpoena for the entire Mueller report, unredacted, here's everything, right? Okay, so so sorry. So Jerry Nadler's district is, it's a gerrymander situation, I will tell you that right now, but it essentially is... What the shit is that? It's like Midtown... Everything Midtown South, but only on the west side of Manhattan. You have the coastline of Brooklyn that goes about halfway down to the Verrazano Bridge and then cuts all the way in to, you know, kind of some more middle boroughs in, or middle districts in uh, the borough of Brooklyn. That is not the shape of how districts should be. Right? How, you literally have a body, you have a body of water that separates that. <laughs> there's there's no bridge there, by the way. That's Roosevelt Island, and so you, there's a ferry you can take across there, which is cool. It goes to Roosevelt, but it doesn't go <laughs> to Brooklyn. Jesus, um, you can take, there's a subway tunnel I think that goes over there, though. But anyways, very chopped up district, but that's where he's from. And now that makes a lot of sense to me. Now that I know where Jerry Nadler is officially from, Manhattan and Brooklyn. 
And I guarantee you it's the gentrified areas of Brooklyn. So, yeah. Um, the next day, when Bill Barr would not show up, the Democrats like ate fried chicken, and there Let was the like people a, eat chicken. Yeah, baby. it was a whole deal. It was it was ridiculous. It was um, a mockery. And that was over really quick, right? So when that hearing was over, Nancy Pelosi came out and they said the House was going to hold Barr in contempt of Congress if he did not provide the unreacted version of the Mueller report. So and the underlying evidence. I and mean, all the underlying evidence, which is like a million documents, like we said, it's like yeah. all that, all that stuff. So it's like, sure, man, ask for whatever you want, as long as you know it's completely ridiculous to ask for. Why not? Yes. Why not ask for the moon? So on the eighth, it's when the House Judiciary Committee met to discuss holding AG Bill Barr in contempt for not handing over the unredacted Mueller report. Right, and minutes before that was when President Trump he said, "Fuck you guys, I'm claiming executive privilege on." Everything. You cannot have anything having to do with the Mueller investigation at all, right? He had already said previously they were going to fight every subpoena that came for Don McGahn, for anybody, because he didn't want anybody to be talking, right? Yep. Reports out. You don't need anything else, which I think he's justified in saying. But but I, th- I agree, right? I think that he's justified in saying that, but I don't think that it helps his case no. to say shit like that because it just makes him look more sus. You know, if he said that and didn't invoke, tried to invoke executive privilege, maybe. But dude, you're invoking executive privilege over a report that's already public or right. has been for a long time. Right. Okay. Right. Maybe underlying evidence, sure. But you can't come out and at you know and say I invoke executive privilege over the entirety of the Mueller report. That's that's nonsense. Can't do that. Especially because executive privilege, from what I understand, is usually has to do with conversations between like two people. You there's know? A, yeah, there's a few uh, different categories, and they're very convoluted and strange. Yeah. yeah, generally, you know, that's what I'm, I'm not saying that's the only time, but generally, and so you're correct. Mm-hmm. It's, it is unprecedented, regarded by everybody, yep. for executive privilege to be attempted to be used this way, and will no doubt be tried in the courts as to whether or not. It can be interpreted this way because executive privilege is not something that's lied out in the Constitution. It was a decision afterwards, I think, like in the 70s yep. for executive privilege. So I think like 76 maybe. So um, it had something to do with the creation of the the idea of special counsels to begin with. Because yes. The special counsel, I, this whole concept and things like this, this isn't a tried and true thing that's been in the Constitution. So it had to be before that. Maybe it was in 67 um, because Nixon tried to use it for the tapes and yeah. they said, no, yeah. you cannot do that. So maybe it was early. Maybe it was in 67. But it was around um, that era. Because that would – because I am – In the very recent past. I think this, it was – Yeah. This is not something that's been around – since the Constitution, right, or you know, anywhere. So it's near something there. that's still the Constitution itself is still up for interpretation. So definitely, the president of executive privilege is still up for interpretation, right? I mean, so there will. <laughs> I so, won't go all libertarian on you right now. So cool. there will undoubtedly be questions about whether or not this can be used this way, right? Mm-hmm. But on that day, on the eighth, they went back and forth for hours. Oh, my about God, it was so whether painful. or not it was even legal for the unredacted Mueller report to be provided, right? Because there were some people who who were interpreting it that way, that they're like, by, you know, our subpoena says this, that any documents, no matter what, we want it all, which overrides, you know, our subpoena precedent overrides the precedent of the executive privilege and, you know, overrides the C6 material because C6 can be, or 6E can be returned, can be, 
interpreted this way, you know, that says that we can do this. And I was like, fuck, you know, I don't. So I get lost in that hole. And I'm so sorry, you guys, for my allergies. And so it was, again, that same time that I, again, I'm not a lawyer, you know, so I have to believe that there are people who truly are interpreting the law this way because they've thought about it so far to the point, they're like, no, no, no. I have followed all of these precedents to this point that I'm telling you our subpoena power overrides this executive privilege, overrides 6E, overrides all this stuff. We subpoenaed it. Give us that shit. It's ours. We need to have it. And there's even people, Jim Jordan and people who want the full report, but they're like, well, I want it within the confines of the law, you know? And I don't know whether or not Jim Jordan was a lawyer and he just doesn't see it that way, mm-hmm. where he's listening to other people on the Republican Party that are lawyers that are saying, that's not the way that I see it. I don't know what his deal is, you know? But there are two different interpretations of the law that are going on here. And, you know, whether or not you're arguing your argument is genuine, you know, I don't know, but there are certainly some people who really see it that way, Yeah, you know, and I am not a lawyer. I do not know whether or not that is the case, but there sounded to me like there were legitimate arguments being made there. And well, there regardless of that, how much redaction are we actually talking about? I've heard the number thrown around a, a total of 4%, <laughs> right. the vast majority right. of it right. being in section one, which is not the section they care about. Right. It's it's 1% of 1% or something like that. You said 10% of one, one, I don't one less than one-tenth of 1% of volume two, which is what we're really talking about here, yeah. right? So that's where a lot of this <laughs> disingenuous argument comes into play when we were talking about Jerry Nadler because – he is making the argument that they are being with information is being withheld from them because they will not turn over the interactive Mueller report. And that's why they're using the subpoena power. But then the Republicans are saying, but you haven't even gone to look at the report. You don't even know what you're missing from this because there's an even less redacted version of the report that you can go and look at. Yep. So you don't even know what's there because it's something like two words or some shit like that that's re- that's redacted from Not it. much. It's probably the name of people Al- on- or uh, Roger Stone or something that somebody who's involved it's in probably- section one because that's all – the only thing that's left at this point is grand jury information. So it's probably the- because they're still – shit going on in the Southern District of New York, grand jury stuff there. So it's probably just two people on the grand jury that their names are in this report, you know? And they're like, you can't know who these people are because they're still involved in -hmm. this right here, which is totally reasonable. It's still an active investigation. You know, you don't want that information anyway. You don't want it to be released because if if for some fucking reason, because this is such a dirty, leaky, disgusting country, if that fully unredacted report does get leaked, those people could be fucked. Yeah. You know? Yep. And, and that's you what don't want that. That's why grand jury information is like the sacred cow in redactions. You don't touch that because that could ruin someone's life. Yeah. Their career, their entire life, anything, just because they're named in grand jury information. That right. could do it right there. And there's a reason those laws are in place to protect those people. And if Jerry Nadler just wants to piss all over them, Ooh. that shows more about him than it does anything else. And the lovely thing about this whole thing is this is a policy, a law that is now policy in the DOJ, right? Who has the power to create laws in this country? 
whether it's not whether or not it's to make laws that affect the executive branch only or otherwise the there's only one sole body it's the legislature it is, is the congress the legislature that's fucking jerry nadler if he doesn't like that rule if he wants to get rid of 6e he better have a damn good argument put it in a piece of put it in a piece of legislation bring it to the floor vote on it right. boom you have a i don't know what the count is on that um, the judicial community in the House, but um, there is a majority of Democrats. 22 to 12. 22 to 12. So a pretty large majority of Democrats, he could pass that through committee, no problem. Yeah. But he won't do it because he, does, he doesn't think he has to do it because he's not actually trying to do anything here. He's just trying to spout off so he can look good and, and get the public all riled up. And I, I, mm, I'm just getting so frustrated with all this because it doesn't make sense and it's even gotten so bad that i read an article from cnn today that talked about this whole thing and they and i don't know where the numbers really fall on this thing but i think from cnn this speaks volumes when they say that the justice department offered 12 congressional leaders party leaders and the heads of the judicial and intelligence committees and a staff member each the ability to view a version of the Mueller report that shows those less redactions. So I don't know how many exactly can see that, right? The right. actual number. But if that from CNN is true, Jerry Nadler himself, as head of the House Judicial Committee, can walk down to the DOJ right now and see for himself. And has chosen not to do it. Exactly. But there continues is, to say that information is being withheld from him. Zero Democrats from the CNN report, zero Democrats have gone to look at that, and five Republicans have. So it's at least at least a half-true argument because... Oh, fuck shit, man. I, I don't even know. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's at least half-true because there there is information that, that yeah. could be being withheld, you know, but he doesn't know what it could be, so... I don't understand. He's got no basis for an argument here yeah. whatsoever because he hasn't actually gone down, walked across the fucking street and taken a look at that shit. It pisses me off to no end. Yeah. No, so that's, I mean, so that's, yeah. So I don't know where we're going to go with this. It's right now, this is all still ongoing, of course. We've kind of gotten up to date, I think, on this. I believe that that's about all I got. And yeah. all we could do now is just kind of sit and wait. I mean, my personal prediction is none of this is all just noise. Nothing's actually going to happen. The subpoena issue and the contempt issue are going to go to court, and we're not going to find out until midway through Trump's second term. And I say that knowing that at this point in time, if things continue on the direction, Trump will be in office second term. They're not doing themselves any favors by playing this bullshit. It's not 1970 anymore. You can't get away with just sitting there and essentially lying your ass off the whole time, sounding good about it. So we'll see what happens. I don't know. I don't think any impeachment is impending because nobody's got the stomach for that. I think the only reason Nancy Pelosi has kind of finally jumped on board with that is because she knows now that it's not really going to happen. It's too late in the game. It's just... It's not going to happen. So now she can be on that side knowing that she they won't actually go through with it because that would literally be political suicide for 2020. Right. But other than that, Trump's got him mixed up, mixed up in everything today. Fuck, man. Between that, 
Iran, Venezuela. Uh, well, let's move on Dude. to Venezuela, and then we'll we'll see about Iran for next week. Because uh, Venezuela, yeah, we should. Venezuela is not a huge topic. But. It's not a huge topic. <clears throat> Actually, I've gotten to the point where I kind of want to. Wow, I zoomed way in on that one. I hate when I did that. <laughs> There's a every now and again the BBC does something really really cool with a very long ongoing crisis somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so they put out an article May 1st called Venezuela Crisis in 300 Words. Oh. So you may ask yourself, how did this happen in Venezuela? (laughs) Right? Venezuela has been governed for the past 20 years by the socialist PSUV party from 1999 to his death in 2013. Hugo Chavez was the president of Venezuela. He was succeeded by Nicolas Maduro who was his hand-picked chosen, I might add, who narrowly defeated the opposition candidate in elections back then. Um, during his time in power, the PSUV has managed to gain control of many key institutions, including much of the judiciary, the, electro- the electoral council, council, and, very importantly, the Supreme Court. Maduro has control of three branches of their government, essentially, at this point. The majority, anyways. So, when opposition parties gain a majority of the legislation, the National Assembly, um, President Maduro created a rival body uh, made up exclusively of government supporters, the powers of which support uh, superseded those of the National Assembly. So, remember that this is not like our democracy or our republic. This is a parliamentarian right. type of situation. Mm-hmm. So, their National Assembly is kind of like our our House and Senate. It's similar. So during his time in his office, Venezuela's... It's a shitload of people in a room. Yeah. So during his time in office, Venezuela's economy collapsed and shortage of food and medicine became widespread. Which we talked about a while ago. Yeah. Every now and again, we, we sprinkle a little tidbit here. So in back in May 2018, Mr. Maduro was reelected to a second term in elections, which have widely been dismissed as rigged. Remember again that he has control of the the voting body, the people that keep track of voting and elections in the country. And I believe that he did not allow foreign countries to come in and monitor that election. Any of them. Nobody got to see that. Yeah. Um, people that did monitor it essentially from 30,000 feet away and had people Said on that the ground. Said it was sus. Totally sus. And so he was sworn into power again back in on January 10th. At the prospect of another six years of the Maduro government with the economy in freefall, the head of the National Assembly, Juan Guaido, declared himself interim president in 23, on 23 January. And this is in their constitution at that time. So essentially, you're talking since they don't have like a vice president or anything like that at mm-hmm. the time. And actually, I might be misquoting that. But essentially, power has at this point the only democratic power left in the country would would stop essentially in our Congress. So now this is essentially like the Speaker of the House being put up right. for president. And that's so he declared himself interim president on the 23rd of January. Juan Guaido. Yes. And Mr. Guaido uh, argues that Mr. Maduro is a usurper and that the presidency is therefore vacant, in which case it's his term as head of the National Assembly, step in. And the U.S. and more than 50 other countries have recognized Juan Guaido as the legitimate leader of Venezuela. But Maduro has some key allies in Russia and China. Cuba. 
and Cuba, of course, which, you know, again, Russia's behind that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've kind of stuck by him and have been guiding him through this whole situation because it's also important to remember at this point that Maduro has the overwhelming support of the military. And it's a socialist country. That's why yes. they're on the tilt. People may or may not know that, but that's why they're on the tilt with China and with Russia is because it's a socialist country. Yeah, and they're the they're a massive export of oil, and so people get oil for them for cheap. It's a very strategic ally to have, especially for somebody like Russia and China who Pedavesa. who can have a foothold in our hemisphere. Pedavesa is their national oil company. Yes, and Sitco is the American arm of that oil company. Which I think we've talked about before. We have. um, With sanctions and whatnot. I did really good on that one. Yes, you you fucking nailed it. (laughs) Um, So the two sides have been locked in the standoff since January with Mr. Guaido trying to sway the military, a key player in the country, to switch its allegiance. On April 30th, he called for the security forces to join him in the, quote, final phase of the removal of power of Mr. Maduro. The government said was an attempted coup. So essentially, and this all kind of happened last, it was during our, our little two weeks off. Yeah, that he got some military backing and he... Yeah, and he, he got a little bit. And then he posted a video online asking the people to take to the streets. He was saying that, you know, we have military support now, so take to the streets and, you know, protest and show people that, like, you want us yes. to be... I don't know, that, that's called like Operation they Freedom or some shit. Yeah. And so... The, he's essentially had three different attempts to overthrow Maduro, mm-hmm. and each one of them has petered out. This last one ended, I mean, it started pretty powerful, but then came the videos of Maduro's armored vehicles literally running through, driving through and on top of protesters who are unarmed. And that was after, right? Because it was reported before that that Maduro was on a plane Mm -hmm. ready to leave the country to go to Cuba and someone from Russia convinced him to stay in the country, told him to stay there. And it was after that that the videos came out of the armored vehicles running people over and uh, the combat between the the protesters and the soldiers who are reportedly, right, it's by our own government, it's reported that 20,000 Cuban troops and agents are in Venezuela supporting Maduro. And so those are the people that are really fighting the protesters are are the Cuban soldiers that are there. And I don't know. I need to look this up because I keep Mike hearing. Mike Pompeo said that shit. Yeah. And I keep he, hearing rumors that um, there's members of Hezbollah that are now on the ground. Really? And, you know, other Russian proxies, essentially. Wow. And that. Wouldn't surprise me. The fuck do they get those people there, man? Like, how do you get people Russia, from... Russia, bro. How do you get people from Hezbollah into fucking Venezuela? It's Russia. How do you take over Crimea and, like, part of the Ukraine without really anybody caring, except for those people that you just took over? Like, how do you do that? It's Russia, bro. They can do whatever they want. They're crazy. These are people assassinating diplomats in the streets of the UK, for God's sakes, with nerve gas. Or nerve agents, not gas. <sighs> Since then, John Bolton has said that all options... John Bolton is uh, the national security director, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, national security advisor. Uh, he said that all options are on the table, including military intervention, yep. right? So with that and many other things, there is serious concern uh, among uh, f- several groups that this is a play by America to topple a foreign regime and replace them and get at the resources. You have literally heard that out of the mouth of lovely people like Ilhan Omar 
And I I don't want to say AOC, but I kind of do. I've seen that among like people, even on Facebook, that are generally pretty like well-read people. That I'm mm-hmm. like, there's a little bit like, and I I would I would tend to agree, right? Be- I would say you'd be stupid not to. I would tend to agree if the people were not being starved before we got there. Yes. Right. If people were not being starved when we got there, I would agree with that. Were there not twenty thousand Cuban troops on the ground in in Venezuela that is supporting Maduro, right? Because that shows me that it's not Venezuela, that it's not the people that support Maduro. It's the Cuban troops that have been shipped there, like you said, by Russia to support Maduro that is keeping him in power, mm-hmm. right? It's not the people. The people don't want him there. Yep. So this has nothing to do with America getting at the resources because we've been putting the money aside this whole time. I We talked about that, that I thought that it should be going to, to Juan Guaido because that's how he's going to get control of the military. That's how he's going to get shit done. Yep. So it does seem weird to me that we're keeping that money aside, you know? They were just putting it in an account. You know, no one can touch it, but you can't have it. Like it's, you know, we're just keeping it for we're you. We're holding the, on for you there, buddy. Right. I think that's really weird. Um, but I don't – if America goes in militarily, I will lean farther that way. That we are we are more – have also some stake in the resources and that's what's involved here. Mm-hmm. But as of right now, it seems like this is something that – Regard, I don't know. It, it just depends on how you feel about foreign policy. You know, some people think yeah. that we shouldn't be sticking our noses in other people's business because it doesn't matter. Yeah, and like some people regime change in a lot right. of people's mind. It's not something that you should touch, regardless. And certainly, I don't feel like we should assassinate Maduro. Like that's not our place. You know, is to like okay, okay, do that. You yeah. know, um, I don't. I, don't but, I do not support assassinations. Yes, and that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't like that's. I don't think that that is the case. You know, and I don't. I don't support military intervention there, you know, but I think this is a case where even before the sanctions, the people were being starved. I think it's like 24 pounds. The average Venezuelan dole has lost 24 pounds since before the sanctions began, like just oh, yeah. since this famine and since, since the economy the collapsed. collapsed yeah. yeah, that this doesn't have to do with economic sanctions in America. Those people were starving and eating out of fucking trash trucks two years ago when yeah. we were watching it on Vice, you know? Yeah, literally so I don't, burning, you know, Roasting dogs in the street because that's the only protein you can get. Yeah. So I, like I said, I, because of the way I view America, would tend to agree that this has a lot to do with the resources, especially with the Bush administration and all the Middle East, all that shit, you know. But I, there was a lot of this stuff going on before we got there. Yeah. You know, this doesn't have to do with maybe, maybe part because Donald Trump would love the oil, you know, but he also loves to talk about us being the number one producer of oil, exporter of oil, whatever it is, you know, loves talking about it. Mm-hmm. So he doesn't want to bring in more oil because that goes against his, his whole talking point of being number one. Yeah. You know, so. And in a recent press conference that he gave, uh, the other day talking about the, hostilities growing in Iran and the new naval group going out there to the Gulf of actually to the was that Formosa Straits from I, I can't remember but sure essentially being shipped over to Middle East um, he was asked about Venezuela and he brought up the fact that that whole military option always being a thing um, that's mostly he made it sound like it's mostly coming from Bolton 
Right. But that he like, you know, he's he said he and Bolton have a good relationship because he's able to to talk Bolton down sometimes. And I think at this point we've we've definitely stepped back from military option being an option, even though we're the United States and that's always an yeah. option. Um to just strictly humanitarian aid efforts at this point. So well, he's President, almost backing off. President ever. Trump also said that the Russians had nothing to do with Venezuela. And, you know, they just want to see peace in Venezuela. When then Mike Pompeo came out and said, no, no, it was the Russians that told Maduro to stay there. And nope. if the Cubans are there, then the Russians have something to do with it. If Hezbollah is there, the Russians have something to do with that. And like, that's... Because it all... That's it Russian all activity. Back. That's not no yeah. stake in the situation there. That is active involvement in Venezuela. I think it would be insane to assume that there is zero Russian involvement in this. So they have everything to gain out of spreading their form of control throughout the world. So it's that's the same either, thing that we do. So it's there's a couple of different options, right? That President Trump doesn't know what he's talking about. You know, that he doesn't have that nope. information that Mike Pompeo had. Which is not unreasonable because they're, you know, if what's happening in the Mueller report is correct, then people are trying to keep shit from President Trump. You know, they're, he's yeah. not involved in everything that's going on there. So probably a good thing. That's possible that he doesn't know that, you know, it's also possible that in the hour and a half conversation he had with President Putin last week, that President Putin said, no, we didn't have anything to do with that. And he believes President Putin over Mike Pompeo because that's before, because that's what he's done before, you know. They, either that or he's he's just ignoring it, you know, mm -hmm. because he doesn't want to talk about it, you know, or I don't. But weird to to be able to trust Mike Mike Pompeo's like word over sucks. the president of the United Super States. Super sucks. It really weird, sucks. Right? Yeah, Ugh. I don't like that feeling at all. Yeah, but at this point, um, essentially, most of the opposition leaders have have run and taken refuge in embassies that won't extradite them. You know, the the figurehead of all this is a guy named. Um, Leonardo Lopez. And, you know, he used to be a politician. He used to be a mayor of a province. Um, I think mayor, they still call it. Um, but he's been a political prisoner before who was, you know, Amnesty International stuff, fought very, very hard to help get him released and all this stuff. And he's a very close associate of Juan Guaido and, you know, all this stuff. And so at this point, it looks like they're retreating for what they need to. And as of right now, Maduro still has a stranglehold. And what's going to come out of that? We don't know. But nothing good, probably. Yeah. But that's that's pretty much all I wanted to hit on Venezuela. Just kind of get up to date. Throw oh, some names good. out there. No, I like that one a make lot. Make sure we're, we're following this. Because this is important. We haven't had a dictatorial takeover like this, you know, in our hemisphere for a while. And it, it's disgusting to watch happen. Blatant human rights violations, you know, war crimes. If this was actually a war, I mean, you can't go in there and mow down unarmed civilians. You know, I almost wanted to write a blog post on the importance of the Second Amendment, looking at using Venezuela as a test case because the people of Venezuela don't have a Second Amendment. They do not have the right to bear arms, and this is a situation where you would need that. Yeah, because if the people that go out there are just getting mowed down by armored vehicles. There's nothing you can do about that. But they have rocks and uh, Molotov cocktails from, you know, the cleaning solutions and fucking alcohol that they can scrounge up yep. because nothing is available in their country. That's all they have to fight back with. And this is a prime example of why it's important for me anyways to maintain 
That's that's the real reason why the Second Amendment exists. But Colin, don't you know that that could never happen in a democratic country? Exactly. Oh, that wait, never. Didn't happen. didn't you say that he was democratically elected? This guy. Bing. Oh shit. That's right. It's weird. Very strange. Forgot about that. Yeah. So it's it's a sad state of affairs, and I of course have a special attachment to Venezuela because my wife is from Ecuador, and Ecuador. And Venezuela used to be part of a country known as Greater Colombia, along with Colombia. Really? And so these are, essentially, these are their national brethren in a, a certain way. I did not know that. Yeah, back during the time of Simon Bolivar. Yeah, yeah. Indeed. Okay, I know that name. I gotcha. So, so we're going to keep watching that. Yeah, and I think at this time, we're sitting about two hours, so we might have to save Iran till next Pop culture, week. dog. Yeah. I got I got stuff about Iran, bro. I got thoughts and feelings. Word. <laughs> well, we'll wait till next week, you will because I'm really happy with what we did on the bar report. Me so, too. Um, it it needed a long segment. It yes. really did. Yeah. Now so, we talk. Bum 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 bum. Yeah. Bum, bum, yeah. Bum. We're gonna talk Game of Thrones. <laughs> um, so this last spoiler. It's, I said you only get one, but that's it. This is your last one. You're so generous. I know. I try and you know, I just don't. You know, like one day when we're famous, there's going to be people that's like, oh, you fucking spoiled all this shit, even though we said it five fucking times. Like, hey, spoiler alerts, we're going to talk about this shit right now. Don't listen if you don't want to hear it. People will still bitch. Mm -hmm. So I'm just I'm just trying to get in the habit now of like spoiler alerts. If you all if you guys anybody says anything, I'm going to tell you we said it hell of times. So Game of Thrones, this last episode, the new episode is tomorrow. So the last one. So we're up to episode Four essentially in this I think run. so. Yeah. And we'll be watching five I think this there's, week. I think there's eight of them. Wait, six. There's only six? Six, baby. That's it? There was eight the first time. And oh, this, my God. Since this God. is like the second half of season eight, there's only six. Two years for longer. six episodes. That's horseshit. Well, you've noticed they've been... The first two, I think, were about the normal 45 But the last two were like 50. 90 minutes. Yeah. yeah, they're long. They're long. So, so one of the dragons died, right? So... This frustrated me because mm. I think we should go back to the beginning. Okay. <laughs> so first two episodes of this season of Game of Thrones. It's a lot of build up. Yes. First episode was just kind of getting caught up. Everybody talking together, to everybody. You know, Jamie's rolling up into winter winter uh winter fall. Winterfell. Winterfell. There we go. It's a problem. Too much stronghold in my life. It's winter hold, winter fall, winter fell. Whatever. So, anyways, they're you all grouping this. up. Danny and John are all heading up to Winterfell to Daenerys. help help fight the incoming wave of the undead. Yes. Winter's coming. It's finally fucking here. The wildlings are gathered. The Dothraki are gathered. Everybody's gathering at Winterfell for the final battle to save the human race. First two episodes, I enjoy them for what they are, but there's nothing. no action really happened. Mm. Arya got laid the second episode. That was oh, like the, everybody saying their goodbyes before the impending doom coming. Yeah, because everyone um, thought they were going to die. Yeah, so Arya and the bastard Baratheon. Gendry. Gendry, who was fucking badass. He's cool. And uh, But yeah, they got, they finally got together. Got all, uh-uh. And uh, then came episode three, which was the the final battle for the fucking human race. It was literally a 90-minute battle scene. It was crazy. It was crazy. Now, was it just me? Or did you have a hard time seeing most of that episode? I did not. 
Okay. We did not have a problem with it, but I heard a lot of people did. But we a did not have, yeah, we did not have a problem with it. So I must have just fucking dialed in our TV settings. But we fucked with the brightness and the contrast and everything for a while before really? we just kind of were like, well, this is just kind of be the way it is. Yeah, I can see enough. It's fine. Yeah, no, ours was fine. Okay, but so what are your before we get to the end result? What are your thoughts on the battle? Uh, I thought it was cool. I it was. Concerned, obviously, for a while. I was actually a little bit disappointed when Arya killed the Night King. Like, I was almost a little bit disappointed. Like, I was like, I don't know. Like, that's like that shouldn't be how it was, you know, because she's just so badass and like so whatever. And like, of, of course, she's the one who killed the Night King. Like, oh, dude, I've been yeah, I've been waiting for that moment for like four seasons now. Right. I so knew this is the way it was yeah. going to happen. So when that happened, I I was like. <sighs> That kind of sucks a little bit, but, um, but I would, you know, it was cool. I was, I was happy that it was done. Um, I thought it was interesting that like Bran didn't, I don't know, like you can't like three eyed Raven that bitch. Like you can't yeah. like attack him with animals or something or like, I don't know. That seemed weird, so, but yeah, I mean, I will say this right off the bat. I fucking loved that episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. But there's still, I mean, there's some holes. Mm. I mean, there's holes in the last episode, which we talked about, but it's I can I can let it go because it's fucking TV, man. Right. It's fucking TV, and there was a lot of time where Danny and and John were flying around their dragons in this in the the clouds and not being able to help much. Was, Whatever, dude. I get it. Right. I get it. So that's fine. I have some serious tactical problems with the way the battle went down. <laughs> Considering this is your last stand as humanity, and you're standing against an overwhelming force. Why would you not strictly act defensively? Why would you send the entire horde of like the surviving Dothraki forward, forward in the first charge just to let him go? Yeah, just let him go die. You know, because that's exactly that's what happened. Idea. They all the all the torches just petered out, and yeah. then the dead started to come. We should say Malisandra, the the Red Witch, essentially came by, showed up right before the battle does goes down. You know, and she walked up and she grabbed the Dothraki sword and essentially. Said some prayers for Lord of Light, and boom, Dothraki have their badass reverse curve swords. Oh, they are fire. fucking cool, though. So badass. Those swords are so sick. And then they proceeded to essentially murder them all. Got murdered, Real yeah. quick. And it was a really great piece of filmmaking, I thought. Just it was cool. Watching the torches, because they shot most of it from the perspective of Jon Snow and um, Danny up on like a hill watching with their dragons. And so you see the lights run in and just. Within ten seconds, Peter out yeah. completely. Um, so that that was a massive problem I had. Is why not one hundred percent defensive? You know, fuck them trenches up. Get get behind everything. Don't have any fodder, man. Light the fire beforehand instead of when they get there. Yeah, because it's not going to make a difference. You know what I'm saying? Yep. When you light it, if they're coming anyway. So just already have it on fire, and maybe have two or three of those. That are on fire. Yeah, a couple rings going out. Yep. Seems like a pretty good, solid strategy. Reasonable. I mean, this is a guy who plays a lot of like grand strategy video games and stuff like that. Like, yeah. That's my language. But that all being said, I still enjoyed the hell out of it. It was a fucking awesome yeah. ride. It was so much fun. Um, we did find out in those first two episodes that Jon Snow is the nephew. He, he found out. He we, found out. We already knew. We yeah. found out last season that he found out that he is the nephew of Daenerys Targaryen, who he fucked 
um, yep. and like you know said that he would serve and stuff. And so Not he's just that. I mean, they are legit in love. Yeah. That yes. So they, they didn't fuck right. They they made love together. Indeed. Um, and they held each other tenderly. <laughs> Looked into um, each other's eyes and knew it was going to be okay. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and so. Jon Snow in olden times has like a legitimate claim to the throne because he's a male and Daenerys Targaryen is a female. Uh, so she is therefore a less legitimate heir to the throne. And so, you know, there's a tension. Yeah, tension because it's not a power struggle because Jon Snow says that he doesn't want the throne. Um, but Daenerys Targaryen is obviously nervous about it and doesn't want people to find out. But then Jon Snow tells his sisters and then they tell somebody and then someone else tells somebody and yep. then like, you know, eight or nine people know or something like that. Yep. Um, the minute Sansa, because he told Arya and Sansa, because of course Bran already knows because he knows everything. Right. Uh, except he knew how first. To be, except how to be useful. Um, Dude. Yeah. Terrible. Which, yeah. By the way, let's hit on that real quick. He does nothing. He disappeared. Right, he went into his three-eyed raven. Right thing, when it started. Right when it started. Right, and just disappeared. Like, what was going on there? What was he doing? I want something. He's watching. He was watching the just battle. Watching which it is all like, go. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he's got some three-eyed raven code. Can't interfere in the 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 realm of men or something like that. I don't know. But that was another thing that kind of stuck at me. But I just go, hey, whatever. Game of Thrones. Asshole. Let it go. Uh, I'm good. Uh, so, but yeah, Sansa. Gets told by John, and then right, I think uh, towards the end of that episode or something like that, I don't remember. But she tells Tyrion essentially that that's here's the deal, bro. Yeah, and of course Tyrion takes that. They're on a ship with Daenerys and the oh the the Unsullied. They're Kinda, going to King's Landing yeah. to fuck on Cersei. That's right to try. Yes, and uh, but yeah, Varys, the uh, the bald eunuch dude, who is one of my favorite characters. I like in the him show. too. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a bastard, but I like him. Yeah, and uh, but he Tyrion tells Varys this, and now essentially that means it's it's basically common knowledge at this point. Everybody's going to know. Right, it's gonna right. Be a That's what he says. He said it's not a secret anymore. It's information. Yeah, and I mean, you think about it, the main problem they have here because. You know, Tyrion has this great idea. He's like, well, why don't we just marry him? You know, they're both in love, whatever. The Targaryens don't care about that. But John is of the North, and people in the North don't take kindly to marrying your own kin. Right. And so, if you even can't though really they're like, that, they're like third, you know, or he's like he, her nephew, regular nephew. Yeah. Regular okay, nephew. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. what's up, Auntie? Let's get down. Kind of weird. Right. Uh. So, but to Daenerys, it's not. But she's more concerned with power. So, anyways, we get going, and yeah, like you said, now there's Jon Snow, and essentially less all the the land forces are going down. Yeah, which first thing in the episode, um, they're essentially like dividing up their forces. What's left, and somehow or other, after all everything that went down, they're at like fifty percent power, which right. was okay. Sure, I'll go with that. Why not? I thought we were pretty fucked after that, but. I'll take 50. So they divide their forces. Uh, Danny and the dragons are going down with the Unsullied via ship, and they're going to go down to King's Landing that way. And then John and everyone else are going to be coming down from the King's Road land style. Yes. <clears throat> so when they're on the way there, right, 
and she's flying the dragons. She's up in the air, and I, we're sitting there watching with Jordan, and I'm like, they're going to shoot these dragons down with giant fucking spears. And I was like, they've done it before. How do you not assume that they're going to do that again? Because when you fought Jamie Lannister and all these people, they almost killed your dragons then. Yep. So how do you not assume that that's going to happen this time? So not fucking two minutes later, Dragon takes a giant spear to the heart. And I said, what the fuck did I say? Yep. said, what the fuck did I say that I knew these guys were going to go down? Then it takes another one to the neck and it's a whole deal. Because Game over. Yep. Because the, what is the Iron, the Iron Fleet, they're, they're sailing there. I'm trying to yeah. meet the, the Unsullied before they even get what to King's Landing. Called? Golden Fleet? Golden Something. I thought it was the Iron Fleet. Might be the Iron Fleet. Because Whatever, the, yeah, the, the guys from the... The Iron, Iron Islands. Iron Islands, that's yeah. what it is. He's run by that yeah, crazy dude. Whatever that dude's name is. Yeah. That was Theon's... Like his, their uncle. Uncle? Yeah. yeah. Nuts. Basically a pirate compared to... Pretty much, else. yeah. Which um, is kind of rad, but... So the one thing that really pissed me off about that, right? These ships are in like a, a channel... That is skirted on both sides by a cliff. Yes. Right. So they can't shoot anything left or right of them. Or if you're speaking nautical, port starboard. But, okay, so Danny's like, you shot down my dragon. I'm super pissed. I'm going to charge headlong into you guys and risk losing everything else. And then she ultimately backs out. It's like, fuck this. I'm not doing it. Why would you? You were in... You're on a fucking dragon in the sky. Right from Circle the side. around yeah. and strafe those dudes. The entire armada... Gone. One pass. Yeah. No, no, no. I just, but I got to chalk it up to it's Game of Thrones. Just let it happen. Don't bring too much real objective thinking into this thing. But at least she's got the biggest dragon still. Yeah, you know? she's still got her main, her yeah. main squeeze. But that was, I was like, I don't understand. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Why, like I said, why would you not assume that that's the case? Because every boat there. In like so in the Armada has one of those giant crossbows on it. Yeah. And then on every tower around the city there's a giant crossbow. I'm like, no shit. I'm like, no shit. Of course. You don't think they would have learned from last time? Right. Like, why wouldn't they have those? Dude. The moment that they saw that it worked, whoever survived went back to King's Landing and they were like, We need to make all of those. As many of those things as we can make, that's what we need. And we got to have them all around the city because that's the only fucking thing that's going to take down this dragon is an enormous spear. Yep. Like, that's it. Yeah. It's so I, I was frustrated um, that that happened. Not because I was like, oh, no, a dragon. Because I'm like, you're dumb. Like, yep. that's a dumb thing that you just did that you just assumed, you know? Yeah. No, we'll be good. And like, I think a lot of this, because I don't know if the books have actually caught up to this point in time. So they might just be shooting from the hip. Yeah. More or less. I think they are. And, you know, in a book, if you were to read that, you can close the fucking book. Right. Massive plot holes like that just left hanging out. That is lazy writing, and most people don't do that, which is why, you know, Game of Thrones is this fucking big. Yeah. When you when you look at them, they're huge. Uh, which I am just started listening to the first audiobook. Gonna oh, you my, did? Yeah. Going to work my way through that. Wow. Slowly. They're epic. Let me know how it's different. We'll, okay. che- we'll check in with you every week and see, you know, where you're at. Yeah, it, it's taken like a half hour just to get through the first chapter. Oh, I'm sure. That. I'm sure. <laughs> there's the, a remember the opening scene in the first episode where it's the the guys beyond the wall and they run in their first walkers and stuff. It's that, but it takes a long time to get through, and it's just I don't know. It's so much better. Is it? It's good. Yeah. It's good. It, as long as you get used to the narrator, he's kind of slow and old-timey, but it, it works. 
Um, but where do you think this is going to go? What's what's your, the end game here? We got one dragon left. We got maybe one division of Unsullied left after most of them. Because that fleet got fucked up. Right. Their fleet got fucked up. Um, you know, Grey Worm, the Unsullied guy, his, his girl's dead. Cersei had that giant creature that she created, cut her head off. And so we're like, we're in dire straits here. And Danny's about to fucking lose it. So she's about to go. I think Carolina said it earlier. She's about to go Mad King 2.0 and just right. burn everything in the city. I don't know if she could, but so I don't know what's going to happen. John's supposed to get down there. I think next next episode. So we'll see. But yeah, I'm not sure um, because I don't know if there's like anybody that's unaccounted for. You know, anybody yeah. that's like being left out. I, I don't know. Do you think Cersei's gonna get it in the end? She gonna she gonna get shanked? Um, I think that's too simple. Okay, I think that she'll be like kept somewhere, you know, mm. like made to be someone's like handmaiden or some shit. Ooh, yeah, really? Yeah, like, like I the shame of that that crazy cult that took over for a while, but yeah, 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 like uh, like. What am I with the with the red hair? What's her name? Uh, Sansa. Yeah, like like she might be Sansa's handmaid. You know. I wonder if like clean my chamber pot, bitch. I don't think that she's going to survive. You know, but so? I, I think if she did, I can see. I think it'd be really dope if da- uh, Daenerys gave her to Sansa as a, like a show of good faith to be like, yeah. here, you do with her what you will. I'm not worried about it. Um. But I think ultimately, I think Jamie's going to go down there and do her in. Do you think he'll kill her? I think oh, so. Oh, shit. I think he's going to. Before it's going to be one does. of those. I love you so much, but you are fucking evil. Yeah. I have to kill you. And then I think he's probably going to end up dying in, as well because he's got nothing to live for. Well, and he's in love with. Uh, with Brienne. Yeah. Which was uncomfortable to see. You, I mean, you had to know that was going to happen. Though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's enormous. Yeah. Yeah, they they hooked up. We didn't mention that. They banged. They they got it. A couple of times. Because she was a virgin, and Jamie made that not so. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I have to tell you. So we were watching it, right? And she she got knighted. And we're making jokes about them fucking before, like, the episode before when she got knighted before yeah. the battle, right? And so... <laughs> about him like god i'm sorry for anybody who doesn't appreciate it. it's real crass humor but um <laughs> we were sitting there with jordan right and i was like it's like he is gonna bang her with that golden hand like he is, <laughs> he is just gonna blast her and jordan said jordan said so i'm gonna finger you sir <laughs> <laughs> oh my god uh. so fucking funny yeah, yeah, you got some crass humor, bro. Oh, it was I love it. It was hilarious. Oh, that's too yeah. funny. I'm gonna finger bang you, sir, <laughs> sir. Because she's because she's a knight now. Indeed. Yeah, it was funny. Um, so, <laughs> God, that would get even more uncomfortable. Um, so let's just go ahead and hit sports real quick. Yeah, uh, and then we can go ahead and get out of here. So I gotta pump up my laptop real quick. I'll hit these little note skis that I have on my phone while we're doing that. Schnotskis. And everything will be good to go. 
GTG. There we go. So the NBA playoffs are happening right now. I have not been watching them because I've been building shit and taking care of the baby and doing stuff. Next year, I'll be way more prepared because last year I was starting to get into basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, and this year, I just was not able to do it. But next year, I will be way more well-equipped to do that. So playoffs are happening uh, right now. Last night, the Warriors closed out with the Rockets, 4-2 to two in the series. Um, and... The Warriors won 118-113. Tomorrow is Game 7 for the Trailblazers and the Nuggets. And so the series is tied 3-3. And then tomorrow at 4 p.m. is the Game 7 against the 76ers and the Raptors. So we will see what happens there. The Mariners, they're playing a series with Boston right now. And I believe they are even at... 20 and 20. I believe they're 500 right now. They're 20 and 22. Um, so they started the season, you know, they were like 13 and 2. Now they're like 20 and 22. So they're in a little bit of a slump right now. But <laughs> a little bit. And, you know, how about getting back it's to the evening. Mariners? We'll, you know, we'll see what happens. I tried to so, caution you against this, my friend. It's yep. the same gig last year. Every year. Way up in the beginning. And then it just kind of falls down. Every year. Why um, is that? So today, actually, they played the Sox and they lost nine to five. And then yesterday, they lost fourteen to one. And then the day before, they played the Yankees. They played a four-game series against the Yankees, and it looks like they lost one to three Oof. in the series. Yeah, uh, so some heavy hitters, man. But yeah, those that's yeah. that's big teams. Before that, um, three-game series against Indians and went one and two in that. So, we're, you know, we're doing okay. We're staying alive. We're getting, like, one win. You know, we're, it doesn't look like we're getting slept, swept all the time. Got swept by the Cubs, but that was just a two-game series. Played the Rangers before that. So, split with the Rangers. So, we're, we're doing all right. You know, we'll, we'll get back there. Yeah, um, I mean, it's, it's a tough... <clears throat> It's a tough league to compete in, man. Yes, and we're still of, we're still talent. still second in the AL West behind the Astros, uh, so we're we're doing all right. You there know? you go. We'll um, take it. So let's see here as far as the NFL because this is really where I live at. Uh, the Buccaneers DN Jason Pierre Paul. Do you know Jason Pierre Paul? He a little bit played for the Giants. And then someone else last year might have been the Bucks. He a couple of years ago he blew a couple of his fingers off with a fire. Firecracker with a firework. Um, and so he, his whole hand is taped up now when he plays because he's missing here all look. Oh, dude. Somebody Jason did that in my high school. Hand. It blew off half their hand with a firework. That's, it's a scary thing, you know? Don't fuck um, with it, man. Cause it's always because people are like tying stuff together or like trying to make bigger, more badass explosions or something. And then you just regret it, bro. Come on. You're dealing with bombs here. Images. Let's see Jason Pierre Paul. Mm. Jason Pierre Paul. <clears throat> so bad. does he have any? He's on the Seahawks. No, no. He plays for the Buccaneers. Okay. So that's his hand. He fucked his shit up. Yeah, that's that's no good. Yeah. They go bye bye. Yep. Fucked his shit up. So, um, so he fractured his neck in a car accident last week, and he's likely to miss Damn. all of 2019. Um, the XFL, do you remember the XFL? Uh-huh. So the XFL reached a multi-year deal with the NFL and uh, and ESPN so that it's going to have games Word? on those networks. Yeah, the XFL is oh, coming back. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that was supposed to be like blood sport football, but then it was just kind of like football that and was just like other football. They're not testing for marijuana in the, in the XFL. 
That's good. Which I fuck with. So they're trying to get, remember we talked about those two Cowboys D linemen that are suspended indefinitely from the NFL for weed. They can go and play in the XFL now because they're totally fine to do what the fuck ever. They're amazing players. They were amazing starting players for the Cowboys and they go and play in the XFL. So if That's they good. get players like that, they can have a competitive league if they just get people who can't stay clean from weed. They can get people who can play. There's got to be a lot of them. Hell of people. Yep. Hell of people. Josh Gordon, <laughs> Martavis Bryant. There's a bunch of people with good talent that smoke weed, and that's the reason they can't play in the NFL. Do they have enough money to pay them enough to actually Vince do that? McMahon is doing shit by himself. So Vince McMahon is totally funding the XFL on his own. So we'll see. You know, it depends. Yeah. If Colin Kaepernick wants $12, $20 million or whatever to play for any team like in the AAF when they were still around. So yeah. who knows? You know, if you're getting players like that, then I don't know. But if you can get people to take just a couple mil, you might be able to work that out. You know, get some more investors along the way, but yeah. make sure you still have majority because that's what Start fucked them before. Yeah. Ooh, dog. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what, yeah. what's going to happen with the XFL. So I wonder um, if we're going to see that this year. I think 2020 is okay. is when the XFL is supposed to come around. Everything's happening in 2020, baby. <laughs> um, the Patriots traded their one of their tight ends, Jacob Hollister, to the Seahawks for a 2027th round pick. Uh, so we got another tight end over here. Kicker Sebastian Janikowski retired after 19 years. Uh, so, yeah, he's Good. no longer in the NFL. The Good. Cardinals. Probably need to retire. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Cardinals signed their first round pick, Kyler Murray, to a four year, $34.1 million deal, fully guaranteed. He was the number one pick overall. So, Dog. he's going to make a bunch of money. Yeah. The Dolphins signed their corner, Xavier Howard, to a five year, $76.5 million deal. 46 guaranteed. So he's the highest paid corner in the league. He's making a fuckload of dollars. For the Dolphins. Yes. Um, so I let's don't think we're going to be seeing them in the uh, in the championship league or brackets anytime no, soon. No, no, I don't think so. Um, but let's if you're just see. out to get paid, you're just out to get paid. That's one way to do it. I bet this is up here. So I'm looking for contracts real quick. I mean, a major um, corner, like a major position like a corner like that i mean that could seriously help them out though you know you have a yes. monster corner like that your defense totally changes you know it, it's a huge upgrade so that could be you know that could put them in potential to even you know look at restructuring their whole team to really be a contender in the next couple of years uh and i think that they got a couple of receivers in the offseason too like i know that danny amandola played there last year um Boom. I'm just trying to look up what fucking Ziggy Ansah's contract is, but he might not be on here yet. Um, because we signed Ziggy Ansah. The Seahawks signed DM Ziggy Ansah. Which you were not excited about at all. Oh, my God. I really wanted that. I talked about him like when Frank Clark left that I wanted Ziggy Ansah. So I'm really happy that he's here. I think that he got signed for like five and a half guaranteed hmm. potential to make like 12 with a bunch of incentives for him to like stay healthy and shit. Um, because that was his problem last year. He only played like seven games, I think maybe six games because uh, of a shoulder injury. But when he plays a full season, he's guaranteed double digit sacks. He'll get 12, 13, 14 sacks. He's going to super veteran. Amazing. He's like six, five and like 275 pounds. He's enormous. He's enormous. So where, where did he come from? The Lions. Lions. Played in Detroit, and he was a fifth overall pick for the Lions. He was wow. there for a couple years, yeah. And he was on 
I believe he was franchise tagged the last two years. So this year they were going to have to pay him a fuckload of money because it, it goes up increasingly. If you continue to franchise tag people, they get more money every year. Ooh. So, yeah. Um, so they were going to have to pay him a shitload of money and they didn't want to do that. Yeah. Especially if he wasn't going to play four or 16 games, you know. So really happy that Ziggy Ons is here. We also signed another guard, Marcus Martin. We signed a Jamar Taylor, who's a corner, and D-tackle Al Woods to a one-year deal worth $2.25 million. So I'm really happy we got another D-tackle. Um, I also think that we've signed like about half of our draft class, which is really good. I know that we signed Ugo Amadi, and we signed like uh, LJ Collier. We've got a couple of people from the draft class that are already signed. They're ready uh, to go on the squad. So that will be really nice. Um, I'm really excited. Yeah, Ziggy Ansa is on here, but his shit isn't so isn't showing, and I'm not sure why. Hmm. Now, did you hear anything about Tom Brady talking about Russell Wilson over the last couple of weeks? No. I think they brought it up because of Russell Wilson's, you know, his he's finally getting paid now. And, you know, I think they asked him about it. And I'm trying to remember what I saw, but I'm not finding it. I'll have to look that up again. Might have been I might have saved that. Might have been a thing on Twitter. That's a good that's a good question. But if you haven't heard it, it's probably not that mainstream news at this point. So it, that doesn't could, mean it's not nothing. true, Offie. So indeed. But I rely on you for all my sports news, bro. <laughs> I go, oh no, that looks important. I bet you if it's really important, Donald tell me about it. <laughs> So, but I am going to look at that. I'm curious now. Yeah, let me know what you find. Uh, so that is all I have as far as sports. So we can hit a line and get the fuck out of here if you want. Let's do it. Okay. Let's do it. Have you seen uh, that movie? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Dewey Cox? Oh, no. Oh, you should you should watch Dewey Cox. Uh, That's who's, worth the, who's the guy in that? John C. Riley. John C. Riley. Yep. He's the one that did Step Brothers with. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's like a spoof of Johnny Cash. Okay. And so he sings a song. Pam from The Office is in that movie, and they're in love. And they're singing a song. Let's do it in ways that make us feel good. You got, you got to be watching that movie. That's a great movie. He, like, awesome. meets the Beatles and shit. And, oh, dude. It's a whole deal. Word. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good soon type. I hate it. I hate this. Allergies are killing you right now. I hate this. Yeah, they're Narnar right now, man. It's been hotter than hell. It's supposed to be even hotter tomorrow. Summertime apparently is here. Although I think next week it's supposed to drop down like another 20 degrees. Yeah. So just hang in nice. there, buddy. They'll hang in nice. there. I know every day after work this this past couple of weeks since the sun really started to come out, I go out to the parking lot. My car's covered in pollen. Yeah, it's horrible. Just covered. It's disgusting. And you don't really have any allergies too bad? I mean, I have allergies. Like, I have minor allergies to basically the air. But so, like, not I have too a, bad. I got post nasal drip like ten months out of the year, maybe. Yeah. You know, like right now, my my right nostrils plugged up, and it's just kind of always going to be that way. I've accepted yeah. it. Yeah. Well, look at you sitting on your cloud of judgment, handing down life lessons to all the sinners. That's what I do, baby. 